Sleeping. Sweet sleeping. That'd be nice. Why not do a napping podcast? Mm. Andy Warhol would have. As the Mayans predicted, it's episode three. No, five. No, wait. Let me check the let me check the lottery balls. We have a five. We have a three. And the last bonus number, five. That is five thirty-five. Nope. Five hundred and thirty-six. Five hundred and thirty-six <laughs> is what it is. This lottery feels like a fix. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's episode uh, five hundred and thirty-six. All right. Of Sneaky Dragon, I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And this is brought to you by Sparks Future Perfect. Sparks Future Perfect coming out in April. Wait, did we say it was February? Well, wrong. It's April. (laughs) Coming out on April 5th. Uh, Go to your local store uh, or evil conglomerate and pre-order now. Uh, Nice story about two cats who uh, dress up as a dog, save the world. Uh, Written by me, drawn by Nina Matsumoto, colored by David Dedrick, my co-host today. Hello, David Edrick. Hi, glad glad to be here today. Hi, how's it uh, taking a break from the coloring life? <laughs> well, I'm taking quite a break, it seems. Okay. As I'm not doing it at this time. Uh, yeah, we got, uh, Nina Nina and I got a little bit of uh, dough yesterday, so uh, I'm buying you dinner tonight. Um, we got <gasps> yes. a little bit We got a little bit of dough uh, from... Lobster uh, Thermidor. From the libraries, because uh, oh. the libraries pay you if you, um, uh, you have your books in the libraries and you fill out a form. Canada Council gives you a little bit of money. That's nice. Yeah, so I got a little extra sisters money and I got a little uh, Sparks money. That's great. So that was nice. Yeah, enough for a burger and some fries for my friend. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. I'd get you Coke, but you're not drinking Coke right now. I'm not drinking any Coke. That saves me money, and I like it. <laughs> I like that this all coincides with a time where you don't want to drink. <laughs> this Lent always coincides with the time that people always want to give you candy or donuts. We have a big box of, I don't know why we have it, but someone dropped off some quality street candies. Okay. For one of our installers has dropped it off. As I always say, like when I was a kid, we used to have Quantity Street, which was just a <laughs> box of chocolate-covered rocks. But there's a lot of them. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Sometimes quantity over quality is fine. Yeah. I don't know if rocks count. Um, yeah. And also sometimes your birthday happens during uh, Lent. Mm-hmm. This time not, because it's a very late Easter this year. April 17th or something like that? Right. That seems very late to me. Because the Pope came uh, out of the Vatican, saw a shadow, and so uh, Lent starts later this uh, this this year. I'm glad that after you you declared a couple weeks ago that the Pope was no moral authority or any sort of authority to go to, we still trust him to tell us when Easter comes. Well, I don't think the groundhog is a moral authority. No, no, and but you still... said the Pope. Yeah. But I'm glad you still think the Pope is an authority for when Easter is. Oh, I see. Well, you said yeah. moral authority just But then. I just said it. I said moral, but I'm glad to see. Yeah. I went on after that, but I'm glad you jumped on it right away. Understood. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, yeah. I think, you know, sure, I'll say he's got the moral authority of a groundhog. I'll go with that. Sure, yeah, fair. Fair enough. Puxitani, Phil, and him. <laughs> They're together. Yeah. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if uh, Phil's still alive. He can't possibly still be alive. He's still alive. How is he still alive? There's still Puxatani Phil, so as far as I know, he's still alive. Unless so he, you look in the box. So he's the kid of uh, of uh, previous Phil's? Because groundhogs no, no. don't live that damn long. I think he's still the same Phil. <sighs> Why would he have the same name? Uh, Tax Dodge. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how that works, but okay. I don't know what he'd write off. <laughs> write off everything. Write off the cave. Write off his log. You write off his shadow. 
Does he sleep in a cave? I always think of him as being on a log. Maybe that's from Groundhog Day. They do bring him out of a stump for that uh, yeah. thingy. Well, I assume groundhogs, and this is just my guess, live in the ground. Otherwise, it's a weird thing to call them. Yeah. So I assume they live in the ground, which, you, which me, yeah. to me defines them as a whole-dwelling mammal. Sure. Right? That makes sense, right? And Where what, else would they live? And why do they want all the ground? Yeah. Wait. That's a variation on the hedgehog joke. <laughs> I was just thinking, no which, one ever which does was, it. Which was declared, yeah, the funniest joke uh, at, I think, like the like some sort of festival uh-huh. uh, many years ago. It was like, sure. yeah, hedgehogs, why do they why do they want all the hedge? That was <laughs> that was the funniest joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. Yeah, good joke. it definitely was. Uh, you split the jury enough that that joke made it through. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So right. There was some strong. Uh, hey, that's a great joke, but like eh, it was, you know, subjective. What do you do? But everyone enjoys a good that's hedgehog right. joke, and now you've converted it to a groundhog joke. Yeah, well, hedgehogs are so cute. Are there any other hogs besides hogs as in pigs? Like, there's groundhogs, there's hedgehogs. Yeah. Anything else? Blank hogs, sweat hogs. <laughs> They're pretty funny. They're pretty good. There's a. Uh, I don't know. I like a horse shack. Do you? Yeah, I like horse shack. Probably Have you watched that show lately? Well, how have I? Well, or are you just thinking about on, it? Yeah, it's been on well, since the seventies, Dave. How would I watch it now? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like sometimes there are reruns channels that play old things, and I thought maybe we might have. You know, it seems more likely that you would watch have seen it. In that the does years seem more likely since than I than I. But uh, probably last time I saw Welcome Back Cutter was ten years ago, maybe, maybe top, maybe something like that. And no, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. No, okay. it's 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 very of its era. Sure, it's fine. Okay, uh, you see Charles Fleischer and go like, uh, "Hey, he's the voice of Roger Rabbit." That's okay, nice to see him. You don't say that when you see John Travolta. No, that he, he's he, the wasn't he the was voice the voice of Roger, Roger Rabbit. I just mean you don't say, "Hey, he was in Moment to Moment with Lily Tomlin." Yeah, that is what you think. Yeah, that's the first, first thing you think when you see thing. John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you go, "Look who's talking," and it's like, "Oh, that's him." <laughs> this guy from "Look Who's Talking." Look who's talking too, and yeah. look, hey, look who's still talking. As a child, I I wouldn't say a child. You know, I was of an age. I had a crush on the wife character. Uh, Marcia Straussman? Sure. Okay. Who would you have had more of a crush on? Uh, Mrs. Cotter. Okay. Or Bailey Quarters from WKRP in Cincinnati. Who's Bailey Quarters? She's the... the... She was the glasses-wearing, similar-looking uh, person to Mrs. Cotter, who was in WKRP in Cincinnati. Well, Bailey... She was the woman who was not yeah. Lonnie Anderson yeah. or Gordon Jump's mom. <laughs> um, I don't... I'm going to go Bailey I... Quarters for me. Okay, I don't remember what she looks like, so maybe I'll have to... to she looked up. like Mrs. Cotter. It was well, the, you know, it was she, probably, she probably just took over that, that particular, you know... Uh, liking because that would have been after it was kind of a Gloria Steinem look it was that kind of that length of hair those glasses uh, yeah I also like Gloria Steinem I find her quite uh, attractive Mm -hmm. as a kid I would draw caricatures of Rene Levesque and Gloria Steinem (laughs) well one had those great glasses yeah so very caricaturable so I'm like eight and I'm drawing caricatures of Rene Levesque uh, Quebecois separatist party Quebecois separatist leader and Gloria Steinem uh, editor of Ms. Magazine. Very, you're a very sophisticated child. Mm. Do you think you saw like you think you saw those as editorial cartoons in the paper, and you were copying like I don't mean copying, but just kind of using that as like a jumping off point. You're kind of like, oh, this is interesting. He has big ears and a big. They nose were both fun to draw, and has a cigarette. I they can, were both fun to draw, this. and I would yeah. like, yeah, I would copy things from editorial cartoons, and I don't know where I would copy Gloria Steinem from, but I, I had a pretty good Gloria Steinem. I think she uh, was. I, was like I think she was a caricature of that time period because she yeah. was pretty, 
pretty newsworthy in, in that time period. I think here's how I got to editorial cartoons was uh, there was a cartoonist in the Montreal Star, I think. It was either Montreal Star or the Gazette. My grandparents got the Gazette and my parents got the Star. And I liked the Star because it had a thing called a mini page, which was a page for kids. Ah. So you could do puzzles and it would recipes sure. and whatever. And um, and there was one of the editorial cartoonists and he would uh, hide cats in his work. Mm. So I would always like want to look at the paper to try and find the cats. Yeah. And then, you know, then I doodle whatever the drawing was that was there. That was something I wouldn't understand. <laughs> but I knew that uh, Quebec was going to separate from uh, Canada. I didn't want that as a kid. I wanted to still be Canadian. Yeah, really? Yeah. That was very upsetting to me, the idea that Quebec was going to, uh, uh, you know, split. Turns out it was upsetting to a majority of Quebecois as well. Hmm. Yeah. Since they have not yet left the country. I remember something called martial law happening. I remember that. but uh, And I was like, oh, something's going on. But I didn't yeah. know what it was. No I idea. remember something Marcia Stosman happening. Oh, nice. That's better. Um Yeah, I don't... I vaguely remember that happening. Like, I don't... That's really... Because really, you were more... I was there. You were there. I was. And so there was clearly like people world. in my house that were upset by it mm -hmm. and worried about it. And yeah, because, you know, there was some terrorism going along. Sure. Yeah. My parents and my grandfather felt the same way about Pierre Elliott Trudeau that people in trucker convoys feel about Justin Trudeau now. They're attracted to him, but can't say it, so they have to, like, get mad. <laughs> I don't think they were attracted to him. I remember my, my gran grandfather had a book, The Wit and Wisdom of Pierre Elliott Trudeau, and it was... Just a book of blank paper. Yeah. That's, which seemed, the, that's the joke on that. But it, what a waste. Well, you can draw on it. It's fine. I guess that's fine. But then it's not the wit and wisdom anymore. It just becomes a doodle book. Yeah, well, I mean, the joke works <laughs> once, and then you've got a notebook. Yeah. Uh, the better version of that was a book that the Williamson had, at least the mom and dad's parents had. Did I say the Williamson? The Williamsons had, which was a book called How to, How to, Make, uh, How to Make Money in Horse Racing or something like that. And then you open it up, and inside there was a tiny broom and a, and a dust, like a shovel. <laughs> you know, so just, you know, yeah. cleaning up after horses, that's the only way you're going to make any money in the horse world. It's basically Yeah, or the other joke on there is, like, how to make a million dollars in horse racing. And it's like, start with $10 million. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah. Classic all, all, all solid jokes that, Man, you know, back then would have been fresh. Yep. As fresh as my groundhog joke. <laughs> No, no, you're doing new jokes. It's great. I haven't heard the groundhog joke so far. And again, if anyone out there knows another blank hound, a basset hound. Wait, hog. I don't know what I'm talking about. A basset hog? Basset hog. People who oh, there must be some other hog. Something hog. Mm, can't do it. Well, besides like, calling someone a hog, like, you know, like a yeah. bad hog or whatever. But is there an animal that has... Yeah, yeah. Or did they just go well, like... A warthog. Oh, there you go. We got warthog. Why does he want all the warts? There you go. Great. So we got three. So there was a time when they were naming animals and they decided, you know, blank hog. Let's just fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. With these guys. And well, a snouty creature. Sure. But I don't know why Groundhog gets that. Because he's not a snouty creature. He's not like, he doesn't have like a pig nose. There's not a lot uh, hog-like about a Groundhog. No. Yeah. Boo. Warthog, yeah. 100%. We get that. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. <laughs> Do not know. Let me tell you something, though, about... Uh, They're also I... wild hogs. Yeah. John Travolta is an example of that. Oh, we're back to that. Great. <laughs> this all works out. Because I was going to say about Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about Welcome Back Cotter... Yes. Aside from... Here's the thing. 
I remember like Welcome Back Cotter was on, and then after Welcome Back Cotter was off, it was time for us to go and have our swimming lesson. So I always oh. like Welcome Back Cotter because I was like, oh, I get to go swimming. And I was yeah. very excited about swimming. That's cool. So the thing I liked most about Welcome Back Cotter, the TV show, was I got to swim after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which really they're not responsible for. <laughs> but it's what, a jumping off point. But what I liked uh, about Welcome Back Cotter uh, was the comic book that came out from DC. Oh, I didn't know such a thing existed. You did. And how I got to know about that wasn't the comic itself, but they published a treasury edition, which was weird because I think like only 12 issues came out. Sure. But then they had a best of collection that was huge, <laughs> giant. Uh, and I, I always like to get the treasury editions yeah. of things. And, and it collected like some of the quote unquote best stories. Sure. But they were drawn in a really interesting way. And then inside they also had interviews with the cast members, which I liked. And they had a behind the scenes thing of like, what's the set like? What's it look like behind that set? Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is all fascinating. So I had that and uh, I loved that. And then I got some of the individual comics, which were okay. But uh, oh, it was beautifully, beautifully drawn. I gotta look up who drew it. Uh, that was uh, swell. Well, you, you look that up. I will. You vamp while I do that. Oh, I have to vamp. Or you know, you know, do whatever you want. I had a. I thought I'd just mention that I had an interesting night's sleep last night. I did the same thing last week. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Okay. Did I mention? No, not last week. The week before that. Okay. Where I fell, I fell asleep in front of the television. Mm-hmm. I woke up around twelve thirty at night. Then I realized. I better go. I had to go outside and finish Horse Mysteries. So then I went outside and I finished doing Horse Mysteries. And then I came in and it was around quarter after three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought, oh, I better just finish my notes for Dark Shadows. So then I finished my notes for Dark Shadows. And it was about quarter after four. And I thought, well, I should go to bed because I have to go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So then I went to bed for an hour and then I woke up. <laughs> Whoops! Oh, you're. I got so excited you by your so story, excited. I almost knocked the microphone off. <laughs> All right, but please continue. And I just, and when I laid down to go to sleep, I was thinking to myself, "Well, this is dumb, because I'm actually, I don't feel that tired." Oh. But if I go to sleep for an hour, I'm going to feel really exhausted after uh, that. No, okay, that seems like kid logic. Okay, go ahead. Mm. I'm not sweepy, and it's like, but you are sweepy. <laughs> but I felt really awake because I had slept for, I had like a nap. Okay. I had like a. Three and a half hour nap. Okay, all right. right? So that was pretty good. I, I, fell, I fell asleep about somewhere around nine. I can't remember exactly when. Lisa was watching a show called The Tourist, which I missed the beginning of, and I was, so I was a little disconnected from it. So. All right, not the movie The Tourist, but it's No, this show. is a new show with um, Jamie Dornan. Okay. And the woman who was the main character in Patty Cakes. Oh, all right, all right, fair that enough. That actress, I don't know her name. Sorry. I don't either. And then um, other people were in it. And so it was interesting. It seemed good. I was just really tired. And so I fell asleep. <laughs> and then when I woke up, I was like, well, I better go finish the show. So I went, went outside, finished uh, editing. Uh, now, did you fall asleep mysteries. in an odd position like you did last time? Oh, no, I didn't. That was uh, different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was a different falling asleep. That was a different day where I fell asleep. Yeah, when you were mentioning... You know, uh, it was like the same as last time. It's like you were, you fell asleep in like a jaunty author pose. No, no, I fell asleep with I fell asleep sitting up. Yeah, that's me. But I wasn't like reclining. I didn't even have my head. My head wasn't supported by my arm. Oh, okay, right. It was just like I somehow fell asleep, but like not laying down or reclining. Uh I was sitting up. And I fell asleep, and I just slept for an hour with my head, like, straight up. Wow. And then I woke up, and I had, like, a kind of a sore neck, but not, like, terrible. I was just like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I'm glad, only glad I slept for an hour, though. Like, this is weird to fall asleep, and then your muscles are supporting your head for, like... I mean, it's okay when you're walking around during the day, but even when you're walking around all day long, you still want to, like, 
you know, at some point you're like, wow, it'd be nice just to lay down. Yeah. But then you, when you, I didn't. That's one of the nice things about working from home is you can, if you like want a nap, have one. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, a cat will jump up on you and go, good idea, chief. <laughs> Instead of a boss going, hey, what's this lying down on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, whatever, the thing that makes the widgets. Yeah. You can't make the widgets because you're taking a nap. Sure. Get off the widget uh, machine. The widgetometer. Yeah, the widgetometer. Yeah. Well, that's, thinking, the, that's what measures women. Widget, widget, sorry. It would be the widget meter. Widget meter. And then they're all checked by the widget Tomater. hog. Yeah, widget-o-meter. the widget hog then checks them all, sniffs them. The widget hog. Yeah. And then you think like it would be machine now, but yeah. no, it's not. Okay. So what, why does he want all the widgets? Welcome Back Cotter was written by Elliot S. Magan. Okay. It, it bugs me here because they list it, and this is the DC database. Yeah. They go Elliot S. Uh, period Magan, and it should be Elliot S. Exclamation mark Magan. Oh, really? Because yeah, he would always make sure that it was exclamation mark. Okay, I I know that name. Yeah. I guess Elliot he was like S. Magan. Yeah. I guess he was kind of like a, a journeyman writer for Marvel. Oh yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he did like uh, action comics, detective comics. He was like yeah. I think he wrote Shazam. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bet. Yeah, he frequently uh, credited was credited with an exclamation mark uh, instead of a, a period. This is by the decree of Julius Schwartz, who <laughs> liked the rhythm of the name when punctuated this way. <laughs> Elliot S. Megan. Uh, but the artists were Jack Sparling and Bob uh, Oxner. And, Don't know uh, either. Jack's, uh, Jack was a Canadian oh. uh, artist who would... Uh, do stuff for Gold Key and uh-huh. those kind of things. He did like a Family Affair comic, uh-huh. Outer Limits, Adam Twelve, uh, and he, for DC he do like Witching Hour and Challengers of the Unknown. You know, uh, people, humans sure, doing sure. things, and then did uh, did what? Here's back the comic. rule for Gold Key comics of that of that oh, sort. Please hit me. Great cover, crappy interior. <laughs> Every time you're like, you see like whatever the guy's called, Robot Killer, uh, Magnus uh, Robot Fighter. Yeah. Robot fighter, sorry. You see the cover, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I can't believe it. And then you look inside and you're like, who scribbled on an artboard and they put some color to it? Yeah, Bob Oskner would do the covers for the Welcome Back Cotter, which were much better than the interior. Mm. But the interiors were still uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Bob Oskner, he would do, yeah, he would be the guy they'd get to do like uh, Adventures of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis comics, I Bob see. Hope comics. Uh, he was the uh, co-creator of Angel and the Ape, Stanley and his monster. Okay. And those kind of uh, comics. And then, yeah, you do like Shazam, Supergirl, and Ambush Bug and stuff like that Like later on. Cool. Yeah. He was the fun guy. He was the fun fellow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One of those One of those uh, lads. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, what's, uh, Sparling would uh, you know end his career drawing uh, what they call nudie cutie comics for uh, Charlton. Hmm. Yeah, he did a, a nudie cutie uh, called Share the Flower. Okay. Yeah, that was what he did. Yeah, that's fine. Is that kind of like what that guy did for Spire Comics with Archie? The nudie cutie comics? Uh, I think quite the opposite, right? One's a sexy comic and one's about Jesus. What are we talking about? Oh, okay. Talking? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I got mixed up. Now, it'd be interesting if there was a nudie cutie comic about Jesus. <laughs> that would be good. Because that would be, it would be easy. You just do it about Adam and Eve and just go, look, man. <laughs> Which was always the nice thing, like, whenever you had the Bible stories, just like, look, we have an excuse to start this off with a couple of naked people. Yeah. And no one can say nothing because <laughs> God has to give them pants. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't give them pants if they're wearing pants. So what are we going to do? We got we to gotta do it. <laughs> 
You gotta do it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Feels like they did a lot of behind the bushes drawing. A lot of bushes. <laughs> a lot of bushes. A lot of bush whacking. <laughs> a lot of strategically placed serpents. A lot of bushes hiding that bush. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, hold the apple in the right place. There we go. <laughs> hold two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a really beautiful Bible given to me by um, my behind uh, the fence neighbor uh, who uh, I called Auntie Bell. Okay. Uh, cute, and cute name. It was a nice, it was a very cute name. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was all everyone was the, your aunt in oh, the I'd, neighborhood. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Unless they were tante because they were French. So tante Monique was next door, but the okay. Auntie Belle was yeah. back there. Uh, and then it was this beautiful uh, Bible with all these like amazing, beautiful illustrations. And again, I would draw from the Bible. I would draw the illustrations. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she wanted it back one day. She wanted it back. Yeah. So I took it back when I thought it was mine, but she took it back. That's and I was weird. like, hey, no, that's mine. And she took it and it felt very unchristian like. But she wanted to give it to like a nephew of hers or something. Oh, okay, okay. Someone in her family. That's not, that's not, I mean, there's a word. That's not kosher, as they say in the Christian church. <laughs> it's not kosher. There's a name for that, but we don't use it anymore. No, we don't. And we shouldn't because. <laughs> Let's just sing this Because song. look who's talking on that name. <laughs> I always thought that's what it meant. No, it's not. No, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Flippity do. It's not. Yeah, but yeah. No, that was. Uh, and then once she, uh, she actually burned me with a cigarette. So yeah, I didn't like her uh, those two ways. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, suddenly her name is taken on less of an acute context. Her husband uh, gave away her son's forty uh, fives, and I still have those. So that's okay. nice. So I have all these forty fives of like the Beatles and yeah. stuff like that. Cool. That uh, she. Yeah, yeah. But you know, a bummer for him. Yes, sex. Yeah, sucks to have been uh, their kid. Yeah, and their nephew. Getting no, a, the nephew in the hand-me-down Bible. Yeah, but it had, did have a sexy picture of Adam and Eve that you know I didn't understand yet was very interested in. <laughs> and also, I think I cut my fingers on the gilded pages quite often. And you learned the Bible can be dangerous. It can be dangerous. It, it can be. Uh, thinking about Lonnie Anderson for a second. Sorry. I just, wow. I went back there. Wow. I don't okay. know why. All right. So we're thinking about Lonnie Anderson. I just think I remember thinking about her as when I was a kid. Is that she didn't seem real? She didn't seem like a real person. No. You know, like there was just something too, I don't know, perfect about her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like she'd stand up and she'd smooth her dress, and it was, she was just like just seemed like flawless. Like yeah, like she wasn't a human. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what made her like looking back. You see her and Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, and those were the two women back then. That people would just be like, Ugh! like they just be. <laughs> I, I, we can't understand it. We can't process. Yeah. this amount of beauty, we can't do it. We yeah. just cannot understand it. And it was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I guess I feel that way too. Like, was it you, you can't? No, I can't. I don't see it. Like, I was. Oh, okay. As a kid, I was more into Kate Jackson on Charlie's Angels than I was into. Well, my first uh, that... to be to be blunt, my first ever uh, awakening. Yes. Of like feelings. Sure. Was for, uh, who's the other one? Jackie something? What was her name? Jacqueline Bissett. Jacqueline, Jacqueline Bissett, yeah. Who My had f- a perfectly, uh, like a symmetrical face. Though most of us don't have a symmetrical face, but she had a perfectly okay. symmetrical face. If you held a mirror to her face, she'd look the yeah, same. Yeah, and it wasn't a crass thing. It was just, uh, it was just like, um, you know, uh, I remember being a kid and having like sort of a romantic dream about her. And again, with yeah. my kid knowledge of nothing. So, you know, nothing happened. But it was like, oh, and it was, I woke up going, I like Jacqueline Bissett. Not enough to watch Charlie's Angels. I didn't like that show. Yeah. But, uh, you no, know. That show was boring. If she was on uh, Love Boat, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. 
or a show I'd like to watch. Yeah. Or maybe on a game show. Well, yeah. You'd be jealous to know that Roger Davis, who performed on uh, Dark Shadows, was married to her. Oh, nice. Before she was on Charlie's Angels, they were they were an item. Nice. And then they got they split up, I guess. Yeah, my crushes were um, uh, her. Yeah. Then uh, briefly Marie Osmond. Okay. But I think more because of a commercial Marie Osmond did. Uh-huh. And then uh, a girl named Edith, who was on uh, Zoom, who okay. at the time was age appropriate for me. Yes, of course. I have not seen her since Zoom. Sure. So it's weird to look at her and go like, that was my crush because it's a kid. Yeah. Um, and then I was never attracted to anyone else in my life after that. that but, was the end. but my childhood crushes, like of girls that I went to school with. There was with. more. Molly Ringwald. Oh, my God. But but only from Facts of Life. <laughs> once she got to and then and then when she was in like whatever Star Hunter, that was okay. But when but then she became like popular and it was like, oh I, I didn't care at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, please. What about when she was on was in Betsy's wedding? I did I uh, no 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 no. Just uh, she was well into being Molly Ringwald at that point. Okay. So that I was... liked her when she was a weird nerd with a ukulele on Facts of Life. Mm. And she would just come on and go, I've got a song that explains all of this and she'd sing the song and everyone'd be like, Yay. And I was like, <laughs> Who's she? That's an interesting situation. Yeah. Well, she's a real weirdo. Yeah. I like her. Then they streamline the cast. Yeah. Boo. As they do it on every sitcom. Right. They're like, which characters are working and which aren't? Do, 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 do. Yeah, we, we don't want two girls that might be gay. And so uh, off they went. Off one went uh, to never be seen again. Doesn't Joe a later addition to the yeah. the cast? Yeah. Okay. Because so they couldn't have the blonde girl who that was. They were leaning towards that idea. They they had a Joe esque character already. Okay. But I think they wanted more of a, you know that kind of tough girl yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. yeah, the kind of girl you'd see on uh, Happy Days. Mm. Be friends with the Fonz. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I cannot possibly remember so much detail about who I had crushes. I tended to have crushes on people that I knew, like girls that I went to school with. Okay. Not, not on uh, TV show characters so much. Okay. That's who I pined after. Okay. So never, uh, never a cartoon character. Oh, no, never. That's... Uh, okay. No. No. Maybe uh, Rich Rich's mom. All right. Mrs. Know. Rich? <laughs> You're talking uh, Regina Rich, I Regina, think. Regina Rich. Regina Rich. Uh, no, I did. I, I, I don't remember. Like I, like I say, I did like Kate Jackson, but that was because I knew her from Adam 12 as a kid. She was on that. Now you got me curious what uh, what Rich Rich's mom's uh, um, maiden name maiden was. Maiden name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably Money. Because Made, Made of Money is his, is her, uh, is his cousin, right? Although so is, so is uh, Reggie... What's this, Reggie's last name? Warbuck? No, not Warbucks. Reggie. Oh, well, now. Now I put that now in your head. Yeah, that sorry. That's the end of that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Richie Rich. Oh, no. They, they give me all the stuff in the Richie Rich TV show, and that's ridiculous. We don't need any of that. No, we want By the, the way, as we've established before, Richie Rich is the secret origin story of uh, Batman. <laughs> because who was his friend? Jackie Jokers. That's right. And he becomes the Joker. And then everyone else, you know, who's that kid down there? There's like pa- uh, Patches. Who's like looks like a scarecrow? Pee wee and patches uh, look like scarecrows. Was freckles, wasn't it? Freckles. There you go. But they, they look like <laughs> scarecrow. It's, just, it's a scarecrow. Okay. There you go. And Gloria, uh, clearly, you know, she's not rich, right? Yeah. She's not rich. Sure. She doesn't want anything rich. Richie Rich gives her. Yeah. But yeah. What about taking it, Catwoman? <laughs> That's a Catwoman thing. <laughs> sure. There you are. Wait, yeah. She didn't become Batgirl. Well, that's pretty condescending. Batgirl, by the way, is is, is much younger than uh, 
than you know Richie Rich. So you know that would have to be someone who wasn't born yet. Okay. Okay, the Rich family. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Regina Rich's uh, maiden name was Van Doe. Oh, that's Reggie Van Doe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh wait, what? So oh, so Reggie is his. Uh, is his, his cousin? Yeah. Yeah. Reginald Reggie Vando Jr. <laughs> Reginald Reggie Vando Jr. That's right. And then there's Made of Money. Yeah. And what's Gloria's name? Uh, Steinem. Gloria Glad. Gloria Glad. Oh. And you're right. Freckles and Pee Wee. Yeah. Last name Friendly. Okay. And uh, <laughs> then we get Jackie Jokers. Jackie Jokers, yeah. Uh, and his father was Jerry Jokers. Oh, I see. Jerry also Lewis. A comedian. Jerry Lewis reference. Oh, uh, sounds good. Um, he knew an extraterrestrial. Hmm. Who would uh, time travel to present day Earth with his robot friend Traveler uh, from the year, far off year, yeah. 2019. Whoa. Never, uh, we'll he never was trying that to escape. Day. He was trying to escape some sort of plague that was about to come. <laughs> and he needs uh, yeah. fuel, but uh, he doesn't have fuel. He was opposed to the mask mandate. Do you remember what yeah. that character's name was? Like like all characters, you know, pretty then most of them, uh, first letter and second letter, you know, it's like, uh, it's a literative name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, though. I don't remember that at all. That was Timmy Time. Timmy Time. It's not great. No. No, and I don't remember that character at all. Timmy Tempest. And I was a, I was a uh, bona fide Richie Rich reader as a, as a kid. Oh, well, then you might remember this character from okay. 1977. Sure. Uh, he had his own book with Richie Rich. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, and he, he was, uh, he worked at his father's hotel. He was a redheaded boy who worked at his father's hotel. His job was his name. Uh, so we'll give you that much. <laughs> All right. So was, was this, are we talking about Billy Bellboy? <laughs> oh, very close. Billy. Bellhop, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Billy Bellhops. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't remember that character either. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I was reading like. It as a kid, we would get we get comics from the used bookstore, so we had a lot of like coverless comics that uh, you know had seen better days, and and that's the kind of thing that you know you could get them for, you get the, a lot for a little, and that's all I asked for as a kid. Sure, no that's chocolate fine. covered rocks and torn you know covers comics with torn covers on them. Another of uh, Richie's aunts uh-huh. was Aunt Nouveau Riche. Yep, <laughs> she was wealthy but eccentric. Wealthy, but except, well, that isn't really okay. Duva Rich is different than that, though. That yeah. that should have been like a pretentious aunt. Who and is... her her bit was she liked to post signs everywhere. Okay, that was her thing. And then there was Uncle Titus. Okay, the miser. Yep, that's right. He wore the most threadbare of clothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't want to spend any money, but was just as rich as anyone else in the family. Mm-hmm. So he's a real son of a bitch, right? <laughs> so he doesn't even spread the wealth out wanna, to other yeah. people. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, there you go. And so you don't want to so know forth. him. You don't want to know. Boof. Boof. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog was Dollar? A Dollarmation. There you are. Nice. I know some of that. And you forgot about Irana. The, or I, Irana. Oh, the, okay. We're doing this. The eh? robot maid. And then Cadbury, of course. One of the greatest characters ever invented. What was Cadbury's last name? Oh, I don't really know. Cadbury. Don't, don't tell me. Cad. You're right. No Cad- no last name. No, you were right. Oh. What's okay. his What's his name? Cadbury. Yeah. And what's his last name? Barry? No. You said it. Cadbury Cadbury? Yeah, yeah. Cadbury C. Cadbury. <laughs> What's his middle name? Probably Cadbury. Probably Cadbury. <laughs> yeah. And when I... need demands, he becomes a tough, gun-toting man of action. He's also a master hypnotist, ventriloquist, and woodcarver. Those, yeah. were, those were the, in the sort of the ones that were drawn by Ernie Colon. Those, uh, yeah. Those are kind of action ones. Yeah. I mean, that's Alfred. 
There's no two ways about it. He's Alfred from Batman. He's the same damn character. <laughs> yes. You're right. Irona. That's right. Sure. Uh, who was the chauffeur? Uh, Bascom. That's correct. Uh, the chef? Uh, chef Pierre. Yes. Good. Nice. Those are pretty regular characters. So. Now look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the part of the show where we just test Dave's uh, <laughs> stupid uh, knowledge of uh, past things. <laughs> Why is it stupid? No, because it's because who cares? Yeah, but, that's but true. life. You know, this is what the podcast is all about. <laughs> sure. Uh, because it's a comic book. Yeah. He has to have an eccentric scientist working for him. Oh, that's right. What's the scientist's name? It's one of those names. <laughs> oh, I can't remember now. Sorry. All right, I'll give you an easier one. Who's the carpenter uh, the, who likes uh, working with uh, wood? What's his name? His name is Mr. <laughs> uh, is it? Is it, So it's a Mr. Hammer, Mr. Be more obvious than that. Oh, is that right? Go as obvious as you can. Mr. Builder? Even more obvious than that. <laughs> I've said it already to you. <laughs> Mr. Woodworker? Mr. Woody. Oh, Mr. Woody. <laughs> Mr. Woody. Okay. Uh, and the uh, scientist is Professor Keen Bean. Oh, okay. Yep. Yes. He would often invent things and then give them to Richie to use. Yep. <laughs> this is safe. an incredibly dangerous invention. Here you go, child. <laughs> go try this out to almost get killed. Yeah. <laughs> go try this out. There's probably some robbers who are going to get in the second in the middle of this uh, experiment yep. anyway. So. That's absolutely right. <laughs> and the rich's gardener, again, very obvious name. Gardener. Colorful name. Mr. Mr. Green? Yes. <laughs> That's good. That's, he was in his regular, though. Yeah. I don't remember any of the villains. No. 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 I mean, the, the best villains were, like, the family. Yeah. Like, Made of Money and Reggie Van Doe. Those were the best villains. You yeah. know, they weren't super... They weren't real villains. No, but they're, they're just, like, messing around. They're spoiled brats. Yeah, spoiled know? brats. They want... What, what are they going to get? More money? <laughs> what, 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 what would they buy with that money? Nothing. Nothing good. Now I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, spoiler Magoo, so I'll be very delicate with this. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of the Batman movie? Well, I'm. For one thing, I'm upset that you said you weren't going to go see it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you did. You did play the gag right out. I mean, you played it with me too, and I just thought, oh, yeah, I guess yeah, 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 He's yeah, not going to yeah. go see this movie. He doesn't care about the Batman movie. I didn't care about it at all. No, I not in the slightest. But my sister-in-law wanted to see it, so I was like, okay, okay. And then I couldn't get tickets. Like it was sold out like crazy. Okay, like, just sold out flat sold out yeah uh and was able to find like two tickets to see it yesterday so well, let's go see it okay uh actually showed up late so missed the first three minutes oh so that so- told you what was going to happen oh that's too bad that's like the whole key if you had missed that you didn't really understand the first two first two thirds of the movie okay fair enough sorry about that <laughs> once upon a time in a land called gotham <laughs> what, what is gotham, gotham supposed to be is it supposed to be chicago like i know metropolis is supposed to be new york but when they say Gotham City, what is what is it supposed to really? Be? I guess that's true. I mean, I know they use Chicago as a as a backdrop for this for this movie. Okay, because so it makes sense because like crime and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our sense of of Chicago as a ga- as a gangland hotspot, you know, full of Al Capones and other such people. Yeah, it's John supposed Dillinger to be. It looks like it's supposed to be Chicago, but uh, in the comics or whatever, it's supposed to be located in the same. Area as New Jersey, yes, fine, whatever you want to do. Okay, it's always weird to me in the Superman where he had a Statue of Liberty in Metropolis flying around. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got an Empire State Building too, yeah, in Metropolis, yeah. What's with Metropolis that it's the they were France very, gave you? They were very kind to the French, right? During the Great. Well, here was the weirdest okay. thing to me about the Batman movie. 
is um it's called the batman well i'm not big on him calling himself the that's a weird thing (laughs) robin doesn't call himself the robin yeah um okay so they make a real big deal and again i'm not gonna spoil none yeah but they make a big deal uh as to you know uh the uh we all know his parents were killed and that and that happened 20 years ago they make okay. it was 20 years ago that this happened. Yeah. So you go, okay, and this takes place now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So his parents were killed in 2002. Okay. And every time they show like a picture of something from that era, yeah. it's the 40s. <laughs> like it's not 2002. 9 11 didn't just happen. I didn't notice that, but you know, quite, I guess it's. At like, all. And then yeah. when people are describing things, they're like, and when you were a kid, things were like this, and they were like this, and it's just like, in 2002? that was going on like you know way in a time bubble what's going on that kind of seems extreme like if you if if, if this was old-timey batman it was like you know the 1930s that this was going on yeah yeah, i could see this awful is it is it happening now i guess it must be yeah cars were new they had people have cell phones yeah they got everyone's got a cell phone okay the whole damn movie oh, is that's like right. it's, got the... it's like 75 percent cell phones <laughs> so it, yeah it yeah, absolutely yeah. is happening right now yeah so it's just like okay so right after 9 11 just think like everything that they talk about uh, you know uh was sure. happening then and you know <clears throat> yeah that's interesting isn't it i guess the iconography of batman's parents death is is that walk Walking through an alley after going to the opera or whatever, or is it a movie? It depends. Whoever writes it, they change it over time, I guess. But they went to see Zorro in the Dark Knight version of it. Yeah. Um, that so is they went to see Lord of the Rings. I'm just like going like, what were movies that they would have like gone yeah, yeah. to see? They would have gone to see either Lord of the Rings. Uh, they, oh, this is interesting. They could have gone to see Spider Man. Maybe they went to Spider Man. They went to see Spider Man. He yeah. went like, oh, oh, I watched Uncle Ben get killed, and the guy becomes a superhero. Yeah, and then they go for a walk in the alley. Yeah, afterwards because it's 2002. That's what you do. Maybe you went to see Die Another Day or Men in Black Two or Attack of the Clones. Oh, that'd be awful if his parents saw Attack of the Clones and then died. That'd be a, that'd be a bad that'd be a bad time. That's a lot of big movies for uh, that year. Shit, that's a <laughs> lot of huge movies. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> And then, and then, sorry. And then you see his uh, Wayne Manor, and you're like, "What the hell is with this Wayne Manor?" Like, it makes sense if maybe they started decorating in the '40s and then <laughs> stopped, yeah, and that was the end of it. But like, you know, his his parents seem fairly modern, and like, this is what it was like at home, and that because you got to assume that he yeah. did not decorate after his parents were killed, yeah, and it's just like this, this was what. What this is what you grew up in? Well, what was with your parents? Because I'm seeing them, and this ain't them. Yeah. What's this about? You know, was this what you know his father was like? Because if it was what his father was like, like his grandfather, and they do show, I think, a picture of his grandfather, but it's like his grandfather is definitely from like the 1910s. It's like no, his grandfather was in the 60s. Yeah, that didn't make any sense for the 60s either. Nothing this makes sense. Huh. What you're talking about? It that it, that didn't really bother me, but okay, fair enough. Okay, I didn't even notice. To be honest with you, <laughs> well, they make a big deal out. There was know. something else that bothered me more, or bothered me, and that was okay. Um, later on, later in the film, there's a scene where there's I don't want to give away too much for people, but people haven't seen it. But there's and you know a pretty exciting car chase with a lot of like crashing and smashing and blowing up of things, and then they capture the mm-hmm. guy they're going to get, yeah, 
And then they just walk away and leave them. And it's yeah. sort, of, sort of like a joke scene of like, hey, aren't you going to give me a ride? <laughs> yeah. like the, and and then like a gag and you're like, well, that's weird. I know. You're like, <laughs> I am 85 to 90% sure lots of people died. Someone must have like, died. Like, truck drivers are dead. Like, yeah. there was, that was all flames. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Like, I well, know. we don't need you anymore. <laughs> like, what? Hey, don't leave my legs tied up. <laughs> you what are you doing? But once know. again, I mean, it was just like a weird thing in the film. And it, it didn't, just didn't destroy the whole movie for me. It was just like an interesting moment of kind of like, huh, that's odd. Yeah. But oh. overall, I, I quite liked it, actually. I thought it was a... I thought it was very well filmed. I really liked the cinematography. Uh, there's a scene where Batman's actually frightened, which I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and something doesn't go right for him. And I, I enjoyed that element of it as well. I kind of liked the fact that he didn't always know everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought, you know... Every generation gets its Batman, I guess. I'm not really into like. No, they don't. I'm not really into this. Every two years, you get a Batman. Yeah, yeah. That's every generation. Okay, fair enough. But uh, fly. <laughs> well, these kids are born in every yeah. two years. Yeah, that's fine. Every generation. So, um, no, it's not every two years that there's a new Batman. Two years ago, there was a different Batman. Yeah, but that was for that generation. Now there's a new one for this. Like, and he'll be like Batman for a couple of films, and how then there'll be another was, one. Uh, how, okay, wait a second. Like, like Christian Bale was around for quite a while. Yeah, that's as right. Batman. Christian Bale was around uh, for a while. He was around. Yeah, uh, to Dark Knight Rises, 2012, and then four years later we had a new Batman. Okay. And then, uh, and then, uh, when was I don't know. So sixteen. So now we've got five years later. We have or six years later. Two thousand. It's twenty two now. Yeah, so you're that's not pretty generous. The Zack Snyder cut. Yeah. Yeah, you sure. can't count that. We've. I mean, you've had uh, in your lifetime. Yeah. You've had Adam West. Yeah. Michael Keaton. That was my. That was my Batman. Was your was was yeah your Michael Batman. Keaton Mike, would be my Batman. I mean, I didn't love him as Val Batman, Kilmer, but he was my George Clooney. Okay. Uh, they were my Batman. Christian Bale. I enjoyed him. But yeah, you Kevin Conroy if you if you count the uh, animated version. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you're getting into the, the ones we talked about there. That's a lot of Batman. That's a lot. We of talked Batman. about this last time. And I, I, but you know what? It's a it's a durable character. It feels like for every Batman, yeah. there's two Jokers. <laughs> and I'm gonna say without saying nothing about nothing. Yeah. I am Jokered out. Like I yeah. don't see need to see anyone else playing a joker yeah ever ever the fuck again i'm good well, we are we are i hate to are, tell you and we listen we haven't thrown out our old jokers i'm pretty <laughs> sure phoenix is playing the joker again so we've got a joker in the pipeline plus i'm not 100 percent sure that that other joker from suicide squad ain't just kicking around like okay. i think that guy's still going sure we're, we're jokered up man yeah yeah that's fine i think titans killed their joker so that's okay and like I said, Too many jokers. I said last time we were talking about these films. I do like that Disney or not Disney DC just seems to you know be kind of like yeah, just do whatever you you know do whatever you think is kind of cool or fine I, or whatever. I don't think that's by choice. I think that's by failure. Well, sure, but I still like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't care by, what it is. It's by mistake. It's you know, because they can't do it. Because Marvel's very with all their things, and they have we have these plans, and they've you know they've got like yeah. Five years of films planned out and stuff like that, and that's that's interesting too. That's fine. They've sure. created this this created this thing, but I kind of this like the fact that you know that DC tried to do that at the beginning, but I think they chose the wrong director. They chose a a, a very pedestrian creator to do that uh, with uh, Zack Snyder. You know, like his movies are his movies aren't good. Well, to- tonally, the problem is 
if you've got Superman killing people off the top, where do you go from there? Sure. Like sure. you need to have, you know, your initial character be something yeah. and then you have to have your next character be a contradiction. So if like the next character you introduce is Batman mm-hmm. and now he wants to kill Superman. Yeah. Well, everyone's killing everybody. So who, who, what else you got? Wonder Woman. Oh, so she is anti-killing, right? No, she's okay with killing. Okay, well, what's the difference between any? Like, that's the thing. You got to have them all be different so it's interesting when they get together. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's Here's the thing. Uh, so you got a character like uh, Bruce Wayne, like the Ben Affleck Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, he's a, bi- he's a billionaire. He's been Batman for forever. It's weird, too. They start him off like he's haggard. He's been he's got a dead Robin. Yeah. He's been doing it for 20 years. Wait a minute. 20 years. We still keep going back to 20 years. <laughs> um, you know, all, all, all this stuff. And then he's like, an alien exists. Oh, we got to kill that alien because that alien might do some bad. And like, all right, fine. So that's what he's going to do. And then uh, meets Wonder Woman and just like. Yeah, my father's Zeus. Gods are real. Oh. Anyway, let me tell... Well, that doesn't bug you at all. Yeah. That doesn't take your head for a spin. How about people living underwater? Yeah, none How of that entire, Not just one kingdom of people, but several kingdoms of people yeah, living underwater. Yeah, there's lots of them, and they got armies <laughs> and shit. And they're like monster ones, too. Yeah, there's monsters down there and shit. You don't care about that? <laughs> that doesn't bug you at all? By the way, Wonder Woman, I think she knows some monsters, too. We're not really getting into it. But, like, yeah. They're, yeah. yeah, that's nothing. Also, by the, by the way, Superman... Doesn't give a fuck at all about that. Doesn't go yeah. like, hey, I should go, you know, being Superman, I could swim down there and meet those uh, aqua people. Or, <laughs> you know, I mean, what was, what's the deal? Well, men can't walk on our island. Oh, men can't walk on Paradise Island. Hey, guess what I can do? Fucking float. So uh, why don't I go check that shit out? Because I'm in any way curious. No curiosity. Well, at all. I mean, if men are welcome, then I think he was right not to go there. You have no conversations between any of the characters just going, so how long has Atlantis been there? What's going on with that? That seems like, yeah. you know, you're all sitting around a lot. A lot. You yeah. can probably build a table to sit around. And you never bring up like, so gods are real, huh? Oh, that really messes me up as someone who, you know, believed in a different god. But you're telling me Zeus. Zeus is real. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So your brother's Hercules. Yeah. What's... Is he around? I got a lot of follow-up questions. Yeah. But, but I think this... I think this... <laughs> but I feel like this Batman exists in a different universe. Oh, yeah. That, it's nice. Because you know? this ba- Batman is just it's simple. It's just, it's just straight ahead. Telling you, telling you a pretty fun kind of puzzle story. And he's a detective in it as well. We talked about that last time. It'd be kind of fun to see a movie where he like has to figure things out yeah. and uses detective skills. And he's skills. Batman a lot. Which, he's not Batman a lot in a lot of other movies. Like, he's mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne usually yeah. in most yeah. other movies. In this one, he's always in the outfit, like, walking around. Yeah. yeah to the point where, like, people are going, should you be here? <laughs> that was good, too. Yeah. I like that. I like that Gordon was kind of pushing him into these situations and or bringing him into these situations. Everyone's like, why are you bringing this guy? And he's... I, I and they're right. This is a this is this would be a real deal breaker when he goes to court. Yeah, and just like and so was Batman there? Yeah. All right. Can we talk to Batman? No, Batman can't talk to you. So how do we know Batman didn't plant some shit? How do we know you brought in? Wait, a vigilante? Like you brought him? Okay. <laughs> and the other thing they got going on is they never kind of get around. Like they have a hard time naming people because it's silly. You know, so you can't, so you have Catwoman. Yeah. And you can go like, ah, oh, you like cats, huh? Yeah. yeah. Must be tough being a, a woman in what you do. <laughs> yeah. I like cats. Yep. Sure. But you never go like, you're Catwoman because it's just silly to use that name. Sure. 
Yeah. And they don't, and that's fine. Well, but they sort of do. So at the <laughs> so they do a thing where, you know, she says to him, and it's like, you know, we'd be the bat and the cat. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Except you never called yourself the cat. Yeah. That's, you just. No, no, but she just made it up because she like, so the bat and the cat. He, he calls himself Batman, so she's just riffing on it. So are you the cat or are you. She's the cat in the scenario of them being the bat and the cat. But she's she, not the cat outside of that. She's a, she's a woman who likes hanging out. She's making out with a cat. suggestion. Yeah, that, that she's the cat. That she'll be the cat and he'll be the bat in, their, okay. in that rhyming name. It's okay, but we haven't uh, <laughs> we haven't named ourselves yet. We're just like looking at the audience, like you know what my name really is, right? Okay, thank you. All right, now we're back, and here we go. It's like, and they got to do that with like penguin and stuff too. Who like, who Colin Farrell did a fantastic job in a completely unrecognizable yeah why? makeup. I don't understand why, why the, all the was, makeup, but okay. But it still was great. Like it's, it's just, it looked great, and he was really good. He was really good. Yeah, I just don't know why the makeup. I, I thought so many of the performances in the film were just top yep. notch. Yeah, I will agree with you. Jeffrey on that. Wright was great, of course. I thought uh, Robert Pattinson did a fantastic job as Batman. I thought his Bruce Wayne was a little too gloomy, moody kind of thing. He's like sort of the emo, emo. Bruce Except Wayne. you know they make a point that he doesn't give a shit about Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like unlike yeah. the other Bruce Waynes who have made up fake personalities for their Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's just like it's a waste of time for me to be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. Fuck yeah. it, I don't care. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you don't get nothing when he's Bruce and Wayne. Also, he has a story arc as well and a character arc. Yeah, it's a good one. I like the third act a lot. Yeah, the third act to me was like, oh, well, I didn't expect that because it pays it pays off the the first two two first two parts of the film. And I yeah. thought. I just and it, and it pays off in a, yeah in a very appealing way in a in a way that's that's hopeful and you know isn't him killing people and also the fact that he he doesn't yeah he that, avoids that I love he actively that. actively I love prevents that. other people from and doing they it too. set up so much where it's just like you'd be totally justified in killing people <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, you know all right fine <laughs> and it's like oh it's not nice <laughs> yeah I mean he he, he does uh, Batman he breaks stuff. their noses and stuff like that that's fine that's, they deserve to have their nose <laughs> doing bad things absolutely yeah there's yeah. A, there's there's a couple of things and Zoe Kravitz is really good I thought uh, as Dano's. usual Paul Dano is this what an actor that guy is there's nothing he can do though, though one thing that was weird with his character to me mm-hmm. was you know they start off with him being uh, more jokey like the first thing, the clue that, and without saying what yeah. the clue is, is left behind is a pun. Yeah, yeah. A pun to the point where both the like, Commissioner Gordon and Batman roll their eyes <laughs> when they when they get it, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and they do it, and like, oh, so it's going to be like this. He's going to be doing jokey clues that are yeah. but are really gruesome. I'm like, yeah. All right, fine. That's let's see that, and then the next clue, no, mm. and they never does that again. And I was like, oh, it's too bad because that seemed to be your theme. Yeah, that kind of was. Good, but also it kind of follows the arc of that character where he's descending, you know, like he obviously he's not wrong in his accusations of what's going on. No, but it's weird. But it's wrong that he what he's doing is wrong and it just gets worse, you know, yeah. to the point where it's absolute destruction and, and mayhem. Yeah, I didn't like well, again, it's just a personal thing with me where it felt like, you know, they took the character of the Riddler and made him saw, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that and. But I mean, you know what? Someone one day, maybe if they can, if people can get past Joel Schumacher's versions of the of Batman, maybe we'll have a jokey Batman again. But it's very those movies really made that uh, tainted tainted meat. You know, like no one wants to no one wants to be the director who tries to make the comedy Batman. Now. Yeah, the nerdy. This is my nerdiness. Is that <laughs> uh, Riddler was always the character in the Batman Rogue Scout, like. 
Uh, Catwoman was always the maybe she's a hero, maybe she's a villain. We're yeah, not yeah, sure. She'll yeah. go back and forth. So that's her that's her deal. Yeah. Occasionally, Two Face would sometimes look like maybe Two Face is switched back. Yeah. We'll see. No, I didn't. Ah, you got fooled by Two Face again. You got Magnetoed. You got Magnetoed. And Riddler, I always liked. The thing that made Riddler different than the Joker was he wouldn't kill. Like he was too smart to kill. He mm-hmm. was he was just more interested in the mind games mm-hmm. and showing that he was smarter than sure. everybody. Uh, but he but he wouldn't like shoot a guy in the face. Yeah, like yeah. he would do a death trap for Batman, but just as like a battle of wits sure, for Batman. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so you know that made just him incentive. more Yeah, just made him more interesting. Whereas a lot of the things to me in this that uh, that Riddler was doing, well, this seems like jokery stuff. Because yeah. they're, they're jokes, mm. you know. I was like, not riddles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And then when you have the riddles, they're very, very basic. Riddles. Yeah, they're very basic. Yeah, so, yeah. I, that was my that was my one kind of feeling about the film. But I mean, once again, it's a movie. You don't want to get too bogged down with characters trying to figure out. You know, you kind of have to keep it moving. Or at least I feel that way about this film. Anyway, I loved the car. I loved his car. I loved. I preferred it much more to the tumbler or whatever that the, yeah. uh, Christian Bale's Batman. I mean, it's just a fun car. It's like a. It's a it's a you know um deconstructed charger is what it is and i love yeah. i love mopar so you're gonna have a person drive, drive around in a dodge uh, i'm all in and the fact that it had like a rocket engine in the back was fantastic yeah the outfit looked believable yeah that's good yeah um i like the bat Could signal turn his head. I love the bat signal yeah i like that it was like not like official but it was kind of like put together in some way like it was like a rag that was made to look like a, a bat just mm-hmm. on a on a on a light. It wasn't like a specially made bat signal. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, well, this will work. You know what that is? It looks like a bat. There you go. When I put this in the sky, you know where. And then it even says it's not to call Batman. It's just to it's just to give to kind of strike fear into the heart of criminals, so they have the sense of where is Batman? Where is he? Like, well, I mean, that's always the weird thing to me is like, you know, if you're a criminal and like going with the old timey thing of just like, yeah, this is how the commissioner calls Batman. Yeah. So if you see the bat signal in the sky, yeah. start robbing banks because <laughs> Batman is busy. It's the one time you know that yeah. Batman is busy. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, if you know that like a big crime has gone on in the city and all the police are now over somewhere over here, sure. now's the time to start robbing houses. But it feels like, uh, it feels like, you know, when they see the sig- signal in the sky, everyone's like, oh, Batman might be around. No, you, this is the opposite. This is completely the opposite. You know Batman's not around. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, it reminds you Batman's around. But, you know. What I, I kind of like that. Because it, it it kind of short-circuits your complaint about what the bat signal meant. Which was to start, was to go somewhere else and raw, you know, like, oh, here's your opportunity. And in this case, it's just a, it's sort of like a, where is he? Yeah. There's always, Don't forget, there's, always, there's a Batman out there who's uh, knocking heads and Yeah, there's always two problems people. with the bat signal to me. One, all the criminals now know Batman's busy. Yeah. And and uh, two, they always make a big deal out of uh, unless you're going like an Adam West style Batman, where all the police are like, "We love Batman, yeah. always the greatest. We love Batman." <laughs> um, but if it's the police, are all just going, Commissioner Gordon and his freaking bat, that yeah, guy, I oh boy, to have a signal on the roof. That, you know, it's like, I'm going to go get help from my friend. You know, all the cops are, we hate that. We don't want that on our roof. We don't have that. But it's not on the roof either. It's somewhere else. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, traditionally, it's on the roof. I know. When we're in the... Uh, when he's the actual commissioner, then it will be the on the roof. The last time we saw him, you know, in Justice League, where he's played by J.K. Simmons, it was on the roof. Yeah, of the, yeah, you know, yeah. Thing. 
and you know but even but then like once all again the, it's all a different the, movie so it has, its own, then, has the, its own things okay but in that world the cops are all oh batman we don't like batman we see batman we're shooting batman we don't like batman that batman oh god i hate batman yeah yeah well you got the bat signal on your roof <laughs> what's that about it makes no sense it doesn't that's why it's on a different different roof in this uh yeah in this movie yeah, no, it was good, and it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of giz- a lot of gizmos in it. Yeah, you know that was good. I liked I liked that his uh, logo in the front was also the batarang. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah, it was there was quite a rumor uh, when the trailer came out that the bat on his chest was made out of the gun that killed his parents. But I'm glad they didn't go that route because that seemed a bit silly. Yeah, I think we don't need that sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I liked know. Alfred. I liked uh, yeah. I thought uh, Andy Serkis did a good job with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good job. Uh, not, and I love the scene with them near the end of the film as well. That was also really great. Mm-hmm. Like lots of good. That's probably the final, the, the third third of the film. I thought, yeah, I thought there was lots of good emotional payoffs at the end of the film. And then they kind of spoil it with the usual dragging it out. Have to hint at setting some, up. You have to set up another movie. Can't we just end the movie? We know there's gonna be another movie. You don't need to set it up. Yeah. No, I have to go back and see it. What if you enjoyed the film? Wouldn't you want to go back and see it anyway? I mean, go see a next film. Like, if you make a good movie, you're going to get people to go out. If you make a crummy movie, it's going to be less likely. Probably still going to go out to see it, but, yeah, you know, they made a good movie. And I started a good time, which was 12 noon. Okay. I went 12 noon. I peed five minutes before the film started, and so I didn't have to leave at any point. Right, because you also had your empty cup. I did not bring I did not bring it. I did not drink anything during it either. Wow. Yeah. It's hard not to Well, because I'm... You like being thirsty. I wasn't thirsty, and I and I'm uh, you know I do like I do usually like have a coke when I watch a movie, but I'm not drinking oh, cokes right that's now. That's right, you're so off the sauce. I just you know I, I do I will get a nice water sometimes, but not for that film. It's just too too long, two hours and two hours and fifty six minutes. Of nothing movies. nothing against the the music for the film, mm-hmm. but like they end with like a shot of his face, and and uh, you know it's a dramatic shot, and then it's like. Oh boy, it'd be good if you had a really good song right now, like a really good theme song, a bat theme that was mm-hmm. like, you know, the first one that comes to mind, of course, is Elfman, but like anything that's just like, yeah. da, 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 like just something that was just like, dun, dun, boom, like that's a real good sure. Batman. And it was like, I oh, don't have that. It's too bad. Yeah. It's I, too bad. I agree with you there. I think the music, uh, wasn't the best. I didn't mind, didn't hate it, but I thought that, um, yeah, I thought it, it lacked a theme, which you need for a superhero movie. You need a theme for the, that plays when the Batman starts doing something. And without being too... Yeah, again, I don't want to spoil it. Because, uh, but, they may, you know, the villain has a point, as you say. And when the villain makes their point of, like, who is seen and who is not seen, who is ignored and who is... And then uh, they almost immediately do the opposite. Like, they do the same thing again. They, like, like it's like, oh, lesson learned. Nope, not at all. They do the same thing again. Like, immediately. You know, and and... That was the thing. We can talk more about that over dinner. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah sure. And there we are. I had a real movie weekend actually, because what'd you see? Well, the on the Friday night before I went and saw the Batman on Saturday, Lisa and I went into town, into Vancouver, to uh, what I like to call Tinkle Town. Oh, you. Well, because this is from uh, there was a a kid who went to Lisa's school who uh, didn't know what it was called, and I guess he called it Tinkle Town, <laughs> which I always like that name. So, But it's, it's not even called that anymore, not even called Tinseltown anymore. But anyway, so... It's called whatever you want. We went it. there to see a film called The Jockey. Okay. And uh, just a small... Is it a short? <laughs> People can't hear my silent laughter. 
Yeah, you're basically doing the same thing that uh, that uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman did when they it was the first uh, Riddler pun. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was just gonna, I was just going to look up um, who the the actor was in the film because he seemed familiar. Clifton Collins Jr. Okay, does that name ring a bell? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, I, it shouldn't because he's not done anything. Oh, here's a quick question. A little trivia for you before we get to that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Who is in uh, the Batman film playing uh, Catwoman, but Think not the cat. The cat. Uh, was in a superhero movie before this, a Marvel movie. Uh, who did she play in that Marvel movie? She was a superhero. Who then became, I'll twist it for you, in this one, she's a villain, becomes kind of a hero. In that one, she was a hero, then became a villain. In a Marvel movie? In a, uh, not officially as in part of the Marvel universe, but oh, okay. it was a Marvel movie. It was a Marvel movie. It was a Marvel movie, that's right. But so not you, like in the Marvel universe. So do you mean like a... X-Men movie is yes. a Marvel movie, but it's not yes, for the Marvel it's Universe. it's an X-Men movie. Who was she in an X-Men movie? That started off good and became bad. And then she she turned uh, turned heel turned and became a villain. Oh, that's in First Class. That's correct. And she plays... Oh, I can't remember what character she Angel. Is. A- Angel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, <laughs> she turns heel. And the, yeah. and the deepest of cuts. Okay. She's also in Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, is she? she yep. She plays uh, Gwen Stacy? Nope. Not Gwen Stacy, sorry. Oh, go ahead, But no, she plays... Um, you're on the right track. I am on the right track? Yeah, you're on the right but track. she plays a woman? <laughs> she does play a woman. That's also true, yes. Um, who does she play? Mary Jane Watson. Oh, okay, cool. She wants that bread. <laughs> I need some bread at our table. Yeah. I wish I could give you bread. I wish I could give you all the bread. <laughs> at that table. <laughs> okay, Jockey. It was good. It was, uh, it was a film... It was a much smaller movie than the Batman, and also half the length of the Batman. Wait, it was it was a smaller movie than the, the Batman. So yes. he's not a superhero. He's not a superhero. Called the jockey who rides a superhorse. He does not ride a superhorse. Right, very good. <laughs> this is about. It's sort of one of those films about and uh, end of your career, passing the torch. You know, facing up to the fact that you are no longer who you once were, and now you have to f- go into a new life, which we don't really see. We just see him kind of, but it has some really great moments in the movie. The two scenes where he rides a horse yeah. in a race, they don't show the horse or the race at all. You just see his face. Oh, wow. His face tells you what happens in the scene. Oh, wow. Okay. The first time you see him, he's riding, and you see his like determination and then his smile at the end of it. Okay. The second time he rides, his face is covered in mud. And you know he's at the back of the, back of the, the, oh, all the right. horses, right? And that's really good. Just to kind of... To you know, to kind of bookmark it that way, or not bookmark it, but what is it called? To bookend it that way, and then and the, and to shorthand what's happening, you know, like his fall, right? Like in the movie opens, he's seeing a doctor about his back, about back problems, and basically what he wants is the doctor to say, "You're fine, go back to riding," but the doctor won't. He says, "You've got some real problems. You need to go see a real doctor." I'm a horse doctor. I'm not. I'm an animal doctor. I am not a real doctor. Oh wow! That is I want you to go see this friend of mine, and she will, you know, blah blah blah. So, so you're saying I should go out to stud? No, <laughs> I'm saying is because I want a note for my wife. No, I can't do that. <laughs> a gag note. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Molly Parker's in it, the Canadian actress, right? Who I always think of as naked because the first three movies I saw her in, she was 
almost constantly like super naked in those movies. Okay. And I just, so that's why I was She was in that movie Super Naked. Yes. That was a good movie. Boy, that is not a bad title for a movie. That eh? is not a bad title for a movie. Right in Like you would. Like you would. Yeah. I would see it. Write it down. Get write that in your notes, sir. TM. I got it. Write it down. No, I like Molly Parker a lot. Yeah, she's very good. And she um she plays a a, a trainer. And like Lisa and I were talking when we were leaving the theater, and she's like, and she was one of the good ones. But you can see her like when he shows any kind of weakness, like a possibility that maybe he's not the writer he was. Yeah, he's gone. He's out of there. Yeah, she knows she's got a she's, job to do. She's got a job to do, she's and she's professional. Yeah. And it's also her horse that she's bought this horse, and she's bringing this horse up into the in, and wants him to run in the futurities, blah blah yeah. blah. You know, so she has such like, a dreams. special horse. She's taking it to a human doctor. <laughs> That's right. That's the reason he couldn't do the human doctor. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's just really, it was a really good film, though. I really enjoyed it. It's a sad movie, but it was, uh, well done. It had, um, also had Moises, I can't remember his last name, Moises, uh, who is, he was in, I think it was called, is it called Kings of Summer? The movie about the boys who build, like, a big house out in the woods and start spending all their time there. And, oh, okay. It's good. That's a good movie as well. Anyway, he's, he's been in a few films where he's, he's, uh, it's good. Yeah, so it was a. Oh, yeah, he was in The King of Staten Island as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. Pitch Perfect Three. Okay. I don't remember him in Pitch Perfect Three. And I saw Pitch Perfect Three. I saw Pitch Perfect Three and The King of Staten Island. <laughs> Pitch Perfect Three was no Pitch Perfect. That's true. But I still enjoyed it. But it was it was no Pitch Perfect Two either. So no, that's not bad. That's not. You know, they, uh, they were trying their best and uh, people do things and it's fine. <laughs> things happen. Money's and then, money and, yeah. and there you go. Sequels are sequels. And then on uh, Sunday, Mary and I went in, back to Tinseltown, or All Tinkletown, right. to see a movie called The Cursed. Oh, okay. And in this film was a kind of a, it was kind of a werewolf movie of sorts. It's not real werewolves, but they're, they have kind of a, a bit of the lore of werewolves to them. And Do they change anything? Yeah. Okay. But it's not like a, a furry beast. It's kind of more of this weird skinless creature that's kind of odd looking. Okay. And then the person who turns into it is like inside the the thing like it's a costume almost. Okay. Are they skinwalkers? Not skinwalkers. Okay. No. But the movie is weird because it, it opens with a scene. It's World War One. Okay. And we see this character who's like walking along to the trenches and then he's and he puts on his mask and then they he blows his whistle and they, they, they it's a psalm, I guess, and they they start their attack and and uh and then we see him being brought injured into the into a, you know, the surgery into the te- into the tent, you know, for the medics to work on, and the doctor operates on him and pulls out some bullets, and then he pulls out this large, what we think of when we see, it, we go, oh, that's a silver bullet. What does this mean? And then it's like thirty-five years ago, so it then goes back into the past. Okay. And so then we follow the scene um, with uh, there's some gypsies. Let's just call them gypsies. That's what they're called in the movies. What the heck? There's some gypsies who are in a field and then they don't want them in the field and so you know they move them on in the most horrible horrifying <laughs> way possible you know as only movies can show you the most you know you're just like ugh, people i hope no one actually did this maybe they did i don't know but this seems really awful but okay and so they end up that's the curse you mm-hmm. know they just they decimated they didn't decimate that's a that's a roman word for killing one in every 10 people yeah they Annihilated. They annihilated these people. Well, annihilation. Now that's a scientific term for anyway. So then um, they, yeah, they just 
destroyed all these gypsies and and you know just burned everything to the ground and and then they were taking pictures of themselves with these dead gypsies and all this stuff and this is awful and then they crucified one and turned him into a, a scarecrow which i don't think anyone would actually do that it's one of those sort of things that screenwriters like wouldn't it be cool if <laughs> and then there's you as a viewer watching it i don't know if it's that cool but okay and then um the film is quite long though it seemed like needlessly long there's a lot of like sh- was that the curse that might have been the curse. It was needlessly long. They, 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 they just like, the film will be... Everything slowed down. 30 minutes too long. <laughs> we give you the same curse we gave James Bond. Every film will be 30 <laughs> minutes too long, Mr. Bond. The, um, and there's like some weird scenes in the movie. Like There's a scene where, I think her name's Kelly Riley, who played um, Mrs. Conan Doyle in the uh, Guy Ritchie Sherlock okay. Holmes films. Very beautiful woman. She's playing like the mother in this movie. Mrs. Conan Doyle, Mrs. Oh, sorry, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, John Watson, Watson. I should say, yeah. Mrs. John Watson. Sorry, uh, forgetting which. That'd ref- be interesting. Like if there was a film, a Sherlock Holmes film, where Conan Doyle was in there, just going, "I got to write this down, <laughs> right, honey? <laughs> yeah, yes, you should yes, write dear. it down. Everyone wants to read this. <laughs> Come on, this- babe, it's gonna be a good thing. Hey, wait, Sherlock wait, Holmes. Wait, what does this do? What? What kind of? Sherlock Holmes milieu is this where it sounds like it's from Brooklyn or yeah, something? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, I'm John Watson. Hey, I'm writing this down for my own book. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just writing uh, my own stuff. I'm writing yeah. some uh, pornography for my wife, right? <laughs> Baby, you like the pornography, right? Don't bring me into this. <laughs> <laughs> the Hound of the Baskervilles? Yeah, it's about a, 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 it's this thing we like to do. We call it hounding your Baskervilles. That's right. It's a porno. It's a porno, you know. You know when you're hounding? It's the red-headed uh, league. You know what I'm talking about. Porno. Right, right honey? Right in this right? <laughs> Don't bring me. I'll be at home. <laughs> oh, you... One of these days, pow, right to the porno. I'm just going to read this new book. What's it called? Super Naked. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Is that, <laughs> that a porno? That sounds pretty good. No, it's a mystery. What? <laughs> it's written by John Watson. <laughs> so anyway, so there's a scene where she says to her, goes in the kitchen, she says to the, the servants, you know, uh, draw me, a, you know, could you please draw me a bath? So we're like, okay, because she's going to have a bath. So then they have this weird shot of her like kneeling down beside a bathtub, w- like washing herself with a cloth. Yeah. Like not in the bathtub. Right. Which is what I would assume when you ask me to draw you a bath, you intend to like get in the bathtub. Right. Not kneel on the floor beside it. But she's, she's naked from the top. Like she's just like she has her skirt is on, she but she's washing naked. washing yourself like you would wash a dog. Like you would not put the dog in the tub. You would just wash the dog. I mean, we do now because, you know, we don't care. But like in the oldie days, it would be like you're washing an animal. You yeah. wash it outside of the tub. You just use the water for because you wouldn't put it in the tub. You're not a monster. <laughs> you don't. I put the dog in the tub now. But, yes, but in but the I put them in like the wash tub downstairs in the laundry. Room. Okay, but not in the oldie days. Oldie days, it would be like an you know, if it's fancy no. enough that you would tell someone draw me a ball. <laughs> yeah, no, you no. would not then stick the dog in no, the tub. It's more like she's because you got to clean the tub afterwards, and it's full of dog bits. It's like she's doing like a hobo wash. Yeah, that sounds fine. Like she's like hunched over, like she's by a creek, yeah, putting water on herself. It's weird. Then her husband comes in, okay, and he comes in and he he just stares at her wordlessly, okay. And so we're like looking at that. We're like, so what's going on here? His wife's naked from the waist up, you know. So we can see one boob, which is weird. Uh, he walks in and now you can see two boobs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he walks in and he just stares at her like he's angry at her. Huh. 
Or maybe he's thinking like, why are you kneeling on the floor? Why not get into the bathtub? Okay. Like, you know I'm a terrible aquaphobe. I don't know what, what, what a phobia sure, is for. Right? Anyway, um, is this weird? Like, you're just, what is the tone? What is this trying to tell us? Why do we see a boob? We'll see no more boobs for the rest of the movie. Why does poor Kelly Riley have to show her boobs? And then the maid doesn't. The maid servant's getting undressed and she says, you see her back. Well, why would we? Why, okay. It is right. weird. Like, it just made no sense. Well, other one than, person's taking a bath, so it makes sense to see some nudity in a bath. I guess. But why is she kneeling on the floor? Probably It doesn't reason. make any sense. Anyway. Probably, probably reason. That's I, a big choice. I guess it's a French bath. It's supposed to be in France, even though people have... Uh, <laughs> okay. Even though people have... Uh, I don't... A, you know what? I don't British ever names. understand in, uh, you know, in, in the movies where it's like, you know, I've drawn you a ball. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> Yeah, like, like well, it was more complicated in those days because you had to boil the water. Okay, and if, the if, water if, the if by drawing you a bath means I had to bring buckets of hot water upstairs, yeah. yes. <laughs> but when, but when yeah. you know, there's like a faucet mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me. It's just like turn on your own bath, you monster. Well, you're paying someone. You might as well get them to do to do what to turn the bath. Yeah, on? sure. Now there's a lot of pressure. Ugh. What do you want? What else are they going to do? To sit, to sit around, and look at you? No, do other uh, stuff. Or, you know, I, I don't care if it's a time to lean, time to clean situation with, <laughs> with the staff. I don't want to give them guff. Yeah. You know, did I just have a nice meal probably or something? Yeah. They did their staff stuff. They don't need if to like, I yeah. can't turn my own faucet on. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, if you see your servant and they're like doodling on a pad, you go, if you've got time to draw, you've got time to draw me a bath. Look, look man. Well, all I'm saying is mm-hmm. you are, you are making your own super villain right there. <laughs> Maybe, or they're just like, well, this is my job. That's going to be, that person's going to call themselves the like, word. Jeeves. They're going to call themselves the wordler later. And you got to like <laughs> take six guesses to the word or else they'll murder you. And it's like, why? Because you wouldn't draw your own why, bath. Why are they called the wordler? If they're um, going to murder you. Shouldn't they be called the murdler? Uh, no, because of wordle and everyone likes wordle now. Oh. Yeah. You're not on board with the wordle yet, eh? No, I am. I'm just joking. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Like- the wordler. Yeah. A serial wordler. That's serial, right. serial murderer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Please continue. And then you were upset by a breast. I, I wasn't upset by the breast. I, I enjoy breasts. And she, she she's very she's a very beautiful woman. I just thought it was weird that you were just waiting for the other one to drop. <laughs> <laughs> and then this was Kelly Riley. Kelly Riley. Yeah. Okay. The movie feet. You're gonna look her up, are you? Oh well, yeah. I got it here. It's like uh, I, I assume like she was Kelly O'Reilly at one point in uh, life. Oh, really? Her family. Yeah, what's Riley? It's always like, you know, it used okay. to be the O'Reilly's. And then, sure. you know, we had to change her name because there was already an O'Reilly. And so now you're Kelly Riley. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's like, oh, you know, that other O'Reilly uh, showed uh, two breasts once in a movie. <laughs> oh, so what's that mean? You can only show one breast. Oh, no. And they also did a bath scene. So you can't get in the bath. It's a union thing. You can show one bath. We can show one breast from the side. Yeah. But, but. Your husband has to be in the room with you. What? <laughs> what kind of sexist bullshit is that? You got to be outside the tub, one breast out. Husband comes in. He's got to look at you weird. Man, that's the rule. That's the rule. It's, that's union rules. I didn't know the. I don't know the union rules. Oh, if I, I know this, someone doesn't like a union. I guess. Uh, someone doesn't like a union. Mate, okay, fine. I'm a union bustier. Oh, bustier. I get you. Uh, Please continue. So, uh, the movie also features Boyd Holbrook. Okay. Very good. In Logan, very bad in The Predator. Okay, what was he in Logan? He was the bad guy with the, with the metal oh, hand. Okay, very good. By the way, Kelly Riley was also in is also in Yellowstone, which is a very popular show. Right? Ah, now. okay, good for her. I'm glad she's uh, acting. Yeah. I, I enjoyed her in the Sherlock Holmes films. She didn't have a lot to do, but no, she, but was, she was good. She was good yeah. in, in that thankless task she was given. Yeah, 
in the sausage party, we want you just to show up, be pretty, and then leave again. And try to be memorable while you do it. Yeah. All right. And we may throw you off a train at one point. <laughs> Which is great. And then you'll have a naked Stephen Fry show up. Oh, well, that wasn't so great. <laughs> Not at all. Anyhow, uh, yeah, he shows up, and I find him a bit of a wet blanket, that actor. Stephen Fry? No, Boyd Holbrook. Very good. And he plays like a pathologist. Who's a, he's a traveling pathologist, apparently. He's showing up in town. And, uh, but he, I guess he has kind of, um, he has a, a secret reason for being there. And that is that his wife and daughter were killed by something that was like this situation that these people are facing. Okay. Which is something like a werewolf, but not quite. All right. It's werewolf-like. Lichen. Lichen. <laughs> Lichen a werewolf. And like, yeah. It's lycanthropy. Just, lycanthropy. Yeah. 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 It just wasn't, it wasn't great. It felt like. It felt like it lacked an editor. Okay. It felt like it lacked a coherent script and some other problems. Would it have made it better if they were just werewolves? No. They weren't beating around the werebush. No, it wouldn't have made it better if they were werewolves. It's what it, like, oh, and then the movie ends, like, oh, yeah, the movie, it's so weird. Like, okay, the movie, I'm going to skip it away. I don't care. You guys, I'm spoiling this movie. I don't care if you want to watch it at some point. Just, okay. you know what, you can enjoy it as much as I did. Knowing these facts, all right, it's not that enjoyable. Uh, so uh, everyone pretty much dies. Okay, the mom dies, the dad dies. The only ones that don't die are the daughter, Boyd Holbrook's character, and then the son, who is changed into a werewolf creature in the beginning of the movie, and then you know kills people, is later on shot by a silver bullet by Boyd Holbrook, and that doesn't kill him, but makes him no longer a werewolf. Okay. But he'll always have the silver bullet in him, apparently, because, dun-dun-dun, he is the person who's on the operating table in the World War One sequence that then bookends the film at the end of the movie. Yeah. And you're like, but it's meaningless. Like, <laughs> because I was thinking, like, okay, they took the silver bullet out now, like, is he going to turn back into a werewolf and then attack them? Nope. Nope. Just uh, seems like that's what... Seems like, why, did, why was that even in the movie? Why did you spend... A couple of hundred grand filming a trench sequence, unless you happen upon uh, 1917's leftover there's trenches and lot, use those. It's like there's a lot of movies taking place in World War uh, it's One. It's a real trendy movie. For, or, or, War yeah, there was uh, Kingsman as mm, well. Okay, yeah. got that. Mm-hmm. There's trenches out there. Wonder I'm Woman. Sure. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, 1917. Uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow just had a World War One scene. Bunch mm. of World War One stuff. There's trenches. It like, almost seems like the trenches are hard to build because they have to be long. Like uh, maybe they they make an illusion of being. They long. make a make. I think they make an illusion of. It still like, looks yeah. like a hard thing to make because yeah. it looks like a bunch of mud on the bottom. It looks tricky. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you just go to Richmond, get in a ditch, and pretend it's World <laughs> War One. There are deep ditches. Yeah, that's for sure. And you gotta like, oh man, the biggest problem with World War One. Uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, your trench foot. What was it like the enemy and the crushing uh, fear? Like uh, possums. So many. Possums. <laughs> so many possums in the ditches. <laughs> And then the other thing is, like, at the very end of the film, so the, uh, the kid's parents are gone, and so Boyd Holbrook's like, uh, he's like, don't worry, don't worry, kids. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to raise you or whatever. Like, okay. I'll, I'm going to, you're going to become my family. So then we get a picture of the three of them together. Mm-hmm. And then it pulls back to reveal that he's aged, and he's in his deathbed. Okay. And his daughter's sitting beside him. His, All right. his adopted daughter's sitting beside him, and she's also older. Okay. And then he dies. All right. And then... <laughs> I don't know why they had to show that because it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's not like we go, 
oh, I guess he kept his promise and he looked after those kids all his life. Or, as Mary pointed out when we were driving home, it wanted to point out to him, us, that he died. It's important that we know that eventually he died because we don't know. He might live forever oh. unless they showed that he... Because now we think maybe his daughter is living forever because we did right. not show her death. Okay. Like what the movie should have done is like have him die and then later on have a later scene of... And then the camera pulls back and reveals her in bed and then she dies. Okay. And then we cut back to the guy on the table and then he dies. <laughs> and then we know that they'll die because that the movie showed us that. Helpfully. And we care. Yeah, us. you care because... No, we don't care. Yeah, that's too bad. Because who cares? Like, it's a stupid book bookend to the movie, the World War I sequence, because yeah. it, it, it means nothing. It doesn't name the person at all if, for the first part. So you're not like, oh, who is this? You know, and then when they finally name him, you're like, well, you know who it is. You already you get it. Right. You saw the bullets when the guy the, in the movie. So now you know, oh, that bullet was shot into him. And so we know who he is. Like, it's not like you're going to go, oh, it was him. And then, so, and then nothing happens. So what is the, okay. So usually, yeah. with werewolves, sure. like zombies, uh, the um, the monsters yeah. are representative of something else that isn't th- what the monsters are. Like, you know, zombies are consumerism. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, in uh, Ginger Snaps, it's uh, it's uh, puberty. Sure. Uh, which now feels like uh, whatever that turning red thing is, basically Ginger Snaps done by Pixar. Now I'm thinking about it. Interesting. <laughs> um, so in this one, what are these werewolves that aren't werewolves? What do they represent in the in the world? What are they? What do they bring to the world? What chaos? Well, I, I do guess, they bring? yeah. Well, I guess uh, what they are is they are they they they're the curse, right? They're they're cursed by what they did to the. So it's their yeah. greed. They're, it's the the men's like the, the the men's greed. The people who decided to, to kill the gypsies uh, and kill get right. and take them off the land rather than share the land with them. Okay, you know, and it's so kind of so. Is it the is it the descendants or is it the actual people that did it that get the? Curse? Yeah, yeah. It's the like their children, their children All right. get cursed, and then they end up getting killed, and here's everything. The, else. It's not the, their descendants; it's like yeah. the whole the families themselves. Here's the big so. problem with that with uh, with that bullshit <laughs> is you know. So you got your, uh, and I'm going to go Roma with it. Uh, so you so you got the, the Roma people, yeah. and uh, and you know, if if you go with you know the prejudice towards them, oh well, they they dabble in magic and they do this and they yeah, do yeah. that. It's like, but of course. That's just a terrible prejudice you have. Yeah. Wait, no. You were right. They were magic. And they <laughs> can curse generations yeah. of innocent people. Yeah. And so, you know what? Fair point. You should kill them. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't, they'll curse your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. But they curse. They, you get cursed because you killed them. Mm, but, you know, who knows? They've... <laughs> They've got these spells locked and loaded, sure, right? Sure. They're ready to go. So, yeah, yeah. you know, say, you know, you just annoy them. Yeah. Say, you know, uh, you're having a discussion and go like, well, I want to live here. And they go, we want to live here. And it's like, well, you can't live here. We're going to live here. And it's like, well, I'm going to curse your family forever. Uh, well, what are you going to do? You magic? Yeah, I'm magic. Oh, shit, you're magic. Well, hmm, it's no good. So it's like, it's like uh, the problem with the Sabrina show where they bring up, you know, the Salem witch trials. And like, yeah, they're killing all these uh, women, uh, saying they're consorting with the devil. Yeah, they were right. <laughs> there were all these women who were consorting with the actual devil, yeah. who was going to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah. So all of the witch hunters, yeah. and these people that were persecuting these women yeah. and crushing them with stones. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you may have saved the world. You were on the right side of things. 
that's that's a problem yeah, when you when is. you when you do that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. Okay. That's yeah. fair. That's a fair criticism as well. Fair enough. Thanks. Yeah, it was I had a different idea about it. I did have like a puberty. I, I thought it was like a movie about like a, a young woman who, uh, and this was like a Victorian era, is, you know, in this repressive world is, becomes like a werewolf because of her, uh, you know, become of puberty, you know, and she gets yeah. to this change of, and then, you know, and this like this representation of repression and it comes out in this animalistic way and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, this sounds really interesting. So I went to this movie and I was like, not that at all. And I was like, oh, well, one boob. That's what I said when I left to Mary. And I said, in the elevator, I said, one boob. So I got into that movie. Here's where I go with a story like this. Um, is I, I'd make it like, uh, so say, say you, say you had the old, uh, you know, killing a bunch of people, um, you know, uh, and, uh, who were like on, on this land first or what have you. Yeah. So yeah. Doing that, that business. Sure. And so the old timey angle is the people were actually magic and they lay, lay down a curse and it goes like this. What I do is I go with the idea, like if you want to do a werewolf story, that the land itself knows this is wrong, like because they're so connected with the land. The land, like the country, knows this is wrong, and so it infects the actual wolves, yeah. and the wolves become werewolves. The wolves become partly human, and they are the werewolves, and they are the ones that then attack, you know, people and do this thing because the because the land itself objects. Yeah. So you don't uh, make it about you know any group. Or what have you? Just make it like you know. Listen, uh, the land uh, demands justice, and so it uh, uses uh, nature to uh, come after the sons of bitches that are uh, deserving of being killed. And I would do that. I would do a reverse, I... almost a reverse werewolf story, where you know it is the it is the wolves themselves that are becoming like man uh, mm-hmm. because uh, because man is uh, deserving to be killed, and they're going to be killed with a little bit of something that looks a bit like them, just to go. Eh? There you go. <laughs> um. I agree with you about Sabrina and the in the Salem witches. I kind of disagree with you with with the with the Roma in this case because I do think that I think it's kind of like a story of the the people who have no power mm-hmm. in the world, but who have you know this ability to to leave a lasting you know stain or scar on 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 the people who who destroyed them. Right. Know? And so it's kind of a it's you know it's sort of like a, a David and Goliath rather than Whereas in the case of the witches, they are, you know, in the Sabrina version, they are literally concerning with the devil to bring about the end of the world as yeah. we know it. That is truly evil, and they deserve what comes to them, and that is an unfortunate it's twisting. A weird, it's a weird It's an unfortunate angle, twist yeah. of what actually happened in Salem. Whereas in this story, it is a powerless people who are living peacefully, you know, in their village on, a, on land that... Yeah. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> on land that they... <coughs> who are living peacefully on land that they... That they have a uh, a tenant right to that they have you know and sure. that is denied to them by these people who come and dri- drive them off and so, murder them. So all. those people, do they have magical abilities? They are just choosing not to use. Yeah, they they do have magical abilities, but they are just choosing not to use them, and they're having a really hard time. Well, their magical ability is 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 nothing special. I mean, in the movie, it's like a. It's like a set of silver teeth that look like uh, 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 fangs, like a, a wolf's mouth, like okay. wolf's fangs, and that's all they leave behind them. And that's okay. and and what activates it is dreams, and the the is everyone has these dreams of going to this this kind of area where they were murdered, right? And uh, and seeing this this scarecrow, yeah, the gotcha. corpse there, and then uh, uh, digging up the teeth, 
And this becomes like, and so the kids actually go and do this, and then it start it, it kind starts of, the curse. It yeah. starts the curse. Happening. What I would again, then what I would do is I would make the angle. Then and this is again just me, and I'm not writing this movie, but uh, you know what, whatever. <laughs> sure, I've I've run into this problem with a with a thing that I'm writing currently. So okay, it's like uh, what I would do with that would be then uh, that they know uh, what they did was wrong. Uh, you know, they know what they did was uh, that that what what has happened in the past was wrong. But like I would say that their uh, deep guilt over over this or like hidden guilt, yeah, uh, is what activates things it's not uh the roma people that are doing it they do it to themselves they know that they deserve this and mm. because of that they bring the curse upon them themselves sure you know it's their own uh internal evil that like uh, yeah. sets the fire and starts the spark and and burns them for uh, generations to come i guess you know? i just think that people who have no power it is a pleasing story yeah. it is a pleasing tale the idea that we have these things that can it is curse the people the people who have is, who have crushed us. But you know? it's a, but it but the problem with that is it ties into the othering of them and like you know they are super beings. Yeah, you know and 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 even though you go like well that's a positive thing. Yeah, it's still it's still an othering which is a tough thing to do when like that's the that's the problem. They're not human. They yeah. are better than human they've yeah. got this and if they look at you sideways and give you the evil eye <laughs> yeah, yeah. well you're gonna have bad luck for the sure. rest of your life and it's like well yeah but that doesn't make them people <laughs> you know and i get what i get what going. Like, i've had a problem with like i'm doing a horror thing right now yeah and in one of the original versions of what we did me and my wife there was uh you know a group of people that uh sort of started the magical element of what happened and justifiably yeah. so and so this curse goes and whatever yeah and that worked 10 years ago and now it does not at all and like <laughs> we we both came to like the conclusion of just like nope nope not at all and not because you know you want to be like precious about it but because yeah that just lands wrong now because mm. it is it's the othering of people and like you know they're secretly magic and why are they secretly magic because they're different to me it's like yeah that's why and that's a shit thing and don't do that yeah, so yeah. it's like you got to find another way of like making this uh making this happen that isn't that and so yeah we got to find another way to have that and it's what it is but again it's so weird because like 10 years ago fine and like now no and it's just i think you know uh, enough of a step back and looking at it and going huh okay why do i call that guy curly well because he's bald is that a good thing to do no oh, maybe it's not oh it hurts his feelings you're right but it but that wasn't wrong 10 years ago now it is okay fine it's just something that changed a little bit and so now i've got to find a way around it and hopefully as a writer i'm able to and if i'm not then i probably shouldn't do the story <laughs> <laughs> hmm. i think i know what you're talking about and i, I can see what you mean there but yeah. when but yes, it's... Uh, Otherwise, it just becomes, yeah, it becomes thinner. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah you it hit the old the, Roma it, woman, and now her son's like, oh, I curse you. You become a lizard, and you get thin, and you can't wear hats in public without looking stupid. These are your three curses. Wait, can I have the hat one? No. Oh, but you always have to wear a hat. That's the thing. It's constantly wear a hat, but you look stupid. You know, <laughs> and people are like, "Take off the hat." I'm like, I, no, I wish can, I could. Can it be a cap? Yes, you can have a cap. I can cap. What if a bathing cap? Is that okay? Yes, you look stupid. And the guy <laughs> would go, "That's one bad hat, Harry," and you'll go, "Oh no, I'm the fool of the beach." And luckily, there would be a shark that would eat a kid, and it would be a distraction. It'd be fine. <laughs> 
Yes. And this is the story of Thinner Meets Jaws. Ah, yes. Thinner is a gypsy one, isn't it? A gypsy curse. Yeah. About that. Yeah. And they do a curse on the shark, and the shark gets thinner and thinner, and you just feel bad for the shark. Just like, ah, oh, feed the shark someone. Throw him a kid. It's like, no. He just gets thinner and thinner. <laughs> Which, again, the problem with thinner, as I've said in the past, is you have a guy turning into a lizard, and we don't follow that guy's story. We follow the guy who's losing weight. And down the street, there's a lizard. Really? Yes! I've never seen the movies. Yes! And he doesn't follow the lizard guy. And then later on, the lizard guy shows up and like, He turned me into a lizard! <laughs> it's like, oh! You guys team up then? <laughs> this is it. This, is, this is became way more interesting. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. Huh. So. What would you call it? Lizard in the Stick? Would that be their team name? You would call it Lizard in the Stick. Yeah, would that be their team name? You call it uh, uh, Thin Lizzy. Ah, uh-huh, nice. <laughs> nice. Good. Uh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> lizard in the Stick so bad. You know why you didn't think of it? Because it's not Music Week, <laughs> it's Vampire Week. It is Vampire Week. Oh, boy, you've just been talking about werewolves, and now you're going to like shift into talking about vampires? I've got to shift into talking about vampires. What but... is it? Halloween? <laughs> but don't forget, werewolves do exist in this uh, I know. cosmos as well. I know. And also, in, uh, in uh, it's, it, let me ask you something really quick. Sure. Because uh, uh, I don't remember. In the <laughs> Harry Potter world, yep. werewolves exist. Yep. Do vampires exist? Zombies exist. There's some undead people, I think. I uh, is there undead people? I think so. Who's, un- who's undead? I think there is. Let me see. Hmm. I don't know. Um, vampires. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a dark wizard curse. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, an infernus was a dead body reanimated by a dark uh, wizard's curse. And it's a part of necromancy. And uh, I yeah, see. That, that exists. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so you, you got that. But, uh, but yeah. Does, uh, do they have vampires in Harry Potter? We do know they have werewolves in Star Wars universe. Hmm. Okay. You saw the bar. There you go. It's clearly a werewolf. <laughs> clearly. Gilderoy Lockhart uh, went up against a vampire uh, and then did a spell on it that made it only able to eat lettuce. In 1999 in, uh, in the Harry Potter world, uh, the, a vampire ran amok in Great Britain uh, before it was lured away uh, from a muggle girl by a wizard with a raw steak. Ah, uh, in the 19, in the fourteen seventy three Quidditch World Cup, uh, several hundred fouls were committed. One of which was the release of a hundred vampire bats. <laughs> and uh, there is the Society for the Tolerance of Vampires as well that gets mentioned. Oh, so there are vampires there are in vampires uh, the Harry world, Potter yeah. world. Oh. Speaking of uh, vampires, boy, it's been a, a long time since I read Harry Potter. By the way, if you go to Honeydukes. You yeah. can get uh, lollipops that tasted like blood uh, that were specifically made for vampires to indulge in. Ah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And Hermione uh, Granger uh, 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 mentions. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, they drank blood, vampires, but they could also eat uh, pasties. Pasties. Huh? Whatever you want. Okay. No, they would eat pasties from like uh, burlesque. <laughs> but not not Cornish pasties, you mean? But cor- but actual Cornish, like but yeah, they would wear Cornish uh, pasties uh, in burlesque shows. <laughs> Cornish pasties. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready to start? Dork shadows. I am. This feels like it's been two weeks. It feels like it's been two weeks. By the it's way, true. If those of you uh, that don't know what's going on, uh, Dave is watching on Tubi uh, the the soap opera dark shadows yes it's very popular uh and uh very different than many other soap operas in that it contained a vampire and a werewolf and time travel (laughs) 
and uh, an example of uh, time travel uh, where you could go back in time and mess up time and then uh, things would be different in the uh, the butterfly effect things. Yeah, which that's was a, unusual. It seems unusual, doesn't it? It's yeah. not really something that you. Uh... Yes. So, and so what episode are you on right now? In case people want to follow along. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure. Does I, not matter. Moving on. I think I can't remember. I'll tell you what we end with. Please do. I didn't write down where I started. Sorry. Um, start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. We're going to start right now with a little bit of a. Uh, uh, so let's just. Let's just clear up a few things. Please. Thank you. Let's clear the air. Let's clear the air. This is, uh, this is uh, 1897. All right. Woo! Barnabas has traveled back in time yes. using, of course, the well-known means of the uh, famous divination wands of the I Ching. We all thought it was for, you know, maybe foretelling the future or making, you know, like sort of helping people make educated guesses about what choices they should make in life. But no. It's actually for time travel. Let me just say the, the, the best time travel. Yes. Um, example of something used for time travel. I'm, I don't want to. I was a secret ghost writer once in a while for this show. Yeah. It was uh, Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Okay. And this was an episode where um, uh, David Carradine's uh, grandson, who was sure. the lead in this. Yeah. Oh, he played David, David Carradine, played both like, the grandson and the original character from Kung Fu, went back to uh, visit the Kung, uh, original character from Kung Fu. And how he did it was this. He realized he had to go back in time. Yeah. So he walked uh, out of camera frame. Yeah. And then the next thing you saw, he was in front of a swirling vortex <laughs> and, uh, and doing this. And then he was uh, back in time. Oh, wow. And they never explained how he did it. They never explained why it scared him because he was not scared of anything for the rest of the show uh, ever. But yeah, it was a swirling vortex and waving his hands wildly. And then he was back in time. And then he met his past self. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, okay. But please continue. Because Barnabas isn't really traveling back in time. He is in a trance in his present time. But he can affect... The past, but though. he has inhabited his past self, his yes. vampire self, there in the coffin. Go. That's what you do. And so this is the t- this is how he's time traveled back to yes. to 1897. Yes. Uh, the reason he's gone back there is because he wants he's trying to figure out what Quentin Collins wants with David. What's up with David? What's up with Quentin? What's, What's going up? on here? I got to know. So you know that's why he goes back in time, and he's trying to like figure things out. Unfortunately, yes, his arrival in the past has begun to change. The course of events of the past. And one of those things is Quentin Collins, the person he went back in time to figure out what what's his beef, what's going on, what's bugging old Pharaoh, what's bugging old Quentin, <laughs> is, uh, is Quentin got killed. Quentin got stabbed in the chest, which is notoriously a bad place to get stabbed. It is very bad. Yeah. We've all been there. You know a worse place to get stabbed? In the uh, butt. I was going to say Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia? It's a great city. Right, Jada? Um, so, so now, uh, what, what, what's going on now though, is that Quentin has been killed and then, uh, it's kind of the Magneto effect here. <laughs> We've mentioned this twice. Yeah. Now. I, that's why I bring it up. It's sort of the Magneto effect. This is pre-Magneto, but this is the Magneto effect where, um, Quentin, not Quentin, Barnabas calls upon his arch villain, his arch nemesis, I should say, Angelique. Yeah. A witch who loves him dearly. Loves him strangely. Loves him two times. She, she uh, is in the in the words of ELO, an e- evil woman. An evil woman. That's right. And <laughs> and 
she she of course is as reliable as Magneto in these sort of situations. Yeah. You're like, hey, can you help me out? She's like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. And then, you know, just screws you around. And that's exactly what's happening here. Right. So Quentin has been brought back to life is what, what Barnabas wanted. But he's basically, let's face it, a zombie. Ah. He is a lifeless, he is a creature without without a will. He's under the control of Angelique, the witch. And also, his spirit has inhabited his young cousin, Jameson. So things are, uh, things are not looking up for anyone here. So um, when we left last time, Carl, Quentin's brother, was being strangled by zombie Quentin. And uh, downstairs, the others hear his scream and rush upstairs to help him. But before they get there, Quentin just walks away from Carl's okay. body laying on the floor. Fortunately, after a commercial break, which is, we you know, time heals all wounds, Carl is recovering from the attack, reclining on the sofa and saying, whew, that was a near miss. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm, that just made me think for a second. Quentin's such a good name. Yes. Do you think that, and sorry to tangent here. Sure, sure. Do you think sure. Quentin Tarantino yeah. would be a successful director if his name was Doug? <laughs> Like, if you went to a movie and it's like, it's a Doug Tarantino okay. picture. Yeah. You would, like, go, hmm. But you, Quentin, well, Quentin Tarantino. If he was smart, he would call himself Douglas Tarantino. And I think that would, that would be better. And you know what? It's not. It's Listen, one of the greatest directors of all time, John Ford, his name is no big deal. What gives that name cachet yeah. is that he was a good director. But, he was, but it makes you feel like this is an everyman. And right. every man, maybe, sure. maybe so, maybe so. Whereas you know, you know, Doug Tarantino, yeah, you're not getting an Oscar. I mean, it's more fun to talk about Preston Sturges because he has such a great name. Yeah, he sounds like a magician. <laughs> sounds like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but no, it's fine. Know, just like Quentin, yeah. I know there's Quentin Tarantino, there's sure. this Quentin, and there's Quentin uh, Crisp, Crisp, the yeah, naked it. civil servant. That's correct. That's right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And that's all the Quentins that have ever existed. <laughs> so it's all he. What about uh, Quentin Quisp? Was that a character? Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to look it up because I respect that you are doing a bit right now, <laughs> and I would like to uh, uh, support your segment of the show and not right. tangent too far. Okay, that's fine. Uh, this is I, you know what this is there our is a Quisp our show. Serial, is yes, that, that's what thing? I was. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. Yeah. That he was the mascot. Right. For Christmas. And then there was Quentin Quake that was the uh, opposite mascot. (laughs) That was the burly mascot. He was, yes. (laughs) Um, I'd pour you a big bowl of it, but I know you're off the sugar. I cannot have any sugar. Plus, I don't really like sugary stuff. Also, it hasn't existed since the 70s. Well, that also puts puts, (laughs) it. But neither is this uh, This a show. We're still living it. There were probably commercials for this product during this. Maybe. And that's what makes this appropriate for me to have interrupted. Please continue. Uh, Barnabas tells the others about his experiences in Martinique as a young man. And he says, you know, that that in Martinique, there were people there who were the living dead. Okay. They were zombies, basically, what they were called there. And he suspects that Quentin is now a zombie. He doesn't mention, of course, that he made Quentin a zombie ah. by in, in, you know, getting uh, Angelique to help him, which was a dumb idea, but that's what he did. And... Oh, interesting. Uh, so he, you know, when he mentions this, of course, Judith is horrified by this. Her world is coming apart. It seems because you know what, like a few a few weeks ago, she had a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Her brother Edward was there, not doing a Broadway play or something like that. Because I don't know where that actor's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she had like a normal life. Yeah. 
Now it's just like a rain of terror coming down on her. It's, everything's going wrong. So she basically, you know, she's like, well, what can we do? So Barnabas describes a cure used in Martinique where the residents would burn a mixture of myrrh and cypress besides the coffin. And the scent soothed the zombie <laughs> and it returned to its coffin. Okay. And then the coffin was then buried in cement. All right. That was the only way you could prevent them from walking the earth. Feels like throw them in a volcano would do too, but go ahead. <laughs> Barnabas then returns <laughs> to the old house to collect supplies for Magda. Apparently Magda has a, a uh, extensive collection of myrrh and cypress. Uh, then the cypress and myrrh are burned near Quentin's coffin, and he returns and lifts the lid. Okay. Carl appears upstairs to tell Judith and Rachel that Ben's, sorry, not Ben, Barnabas's plans worked and Quentin is back in his coffin. Now Judith... You know, it's like, well, I've, you know, I've ordered the servants to do, you know, all the things that you asked yeah. without telling them what they're doing. Yeah. But you have to do the final step. You have to pour the concrete. Yeah. The cement down onto the coffin. That's a union job. And then Barnabas gets all shifty looking, which he uh, coffin quite often does. And he's like, because uh, you can't take the uh, servants for granted. Sorry. Oh, Go ahead. man. You know what? Yeah. We have fun. You do have fun. And you know what? And some people say. Yeah. Has the pandemic changed you? Yeah. Has it made your humor more lowbrow and, and punish? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian, you know that fall, the hit your head? Uh, has that affected you in any way, shape, or form? No. Seemed perfectly normal. I'm totally, totally. In fact, I think it's cemented our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> These are concrete facts. <laughs> nice. All right. Are you still trying to think of stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, there's like there's only there's only three jokes when it comes to that concrete. That's true. I don't want to talk too long. I'll get a little gravel voiced. Oh, nice. Okay, continue, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, but like I say, Barnabas is like, whoa, wait a second here. Let's not uh, start pouring cement all over zombies. You know, maybe there's another way we can figure this out. She's like, well, what what what's your plan? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a way out. Yeah, that's the old saying. Like, don't cement your zombies before you. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> don't cement your zombies before you hatch your plans. So basically, he doesn't want to give in to Angelique. Okay. He feels like Angelique is winning here, and I don't want to give her the victory. So we're not going to bury. Uh, and he does a terrible job of this, by the way. He's the shiftiest looking guy. Of, like he's like if you look up furtive in the dictionary he has a picture of barnabas in the scene with his eyes going back and forth <laughs> trying to argue this and his he's all sweaty looking and his yeah. hair is all weird that's, and how, you, that's how you know something shifty yeah going something on. shifty is going on uh judith looks at him and said she says i know i think we should use the cement smash cut to the family shoveling dirt onto uh quentin's grave okay. rachel tells barnabas star wipe What's it? Star wipe too. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel tells Barnabas later they're back at Collinwood. Rachel tells Barnabas that she's going to leave Collinwood. She's hightailing it because okay. this place is crazy. Yeah. Also, the theater scene is dead. <laughs> That's right. There's no first. What are they theater? doing? Our town again? <laughs> you got to have that. People are doubling up the roles. Yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> Uh, but despite the fact that the theater's terrible, the theater scene's terrible, Barnabas convinces her to stay. Uh, I don't know why he bothers. I guess it's part of his romantical thing with her, but it doesn't, doesn't seem to be a big deal. And why is he getting romantical with somebody who doesn't want to change the past? Yeah, that's a fair point. 
After he leaves, she locks up the house, closing the front doors. But as she walks upstairs, the doors open. Okay. And Rachel goes outside thinking Barnabas has returned. Suddenly, out of the darkness, Quentin appears. She faints at the sight of him because he does look pretty ghoulish. He's kind of like this. Oh, that's pretty ghoulish. Yeah. Dave is just on a very ghoulish face. Yeah. And not the groovy ghoulies. <laughs> I'm very, I'm never very groovy. So that's no. true. Thank you for, thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. In public. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, she faints at the sight of him conveniently into his arms. Oh, that's nice. And he's kind of continues walking. So he's walking towards sure, her. Sure. Yeah. She falls right into his arms, which makes it easier for the actor to carry up yeah. uh, another human being. And then he just walks off towards the camera into a blurry situation. And before she falls into his arms, she goes, trust game. And then he lets her fall. At the old house, Magda is sad at the changes uh, being Barnabas' blood slave has wrought on Sandor. Okay. He's more complacent. He no longer dreams of going on the road to sell Sandor's elixir and having like a, you know, like a... Uh, whatever you call those shows, the medicine show, yeah, which is what they used to do. They get into their caravan and they drive around and they'd sell uh, patent medicine. And he'd do his knife throwing act. He says he don't even throw knives anymore, yep. which is safer for me, but it's no fun. Now he just sells power sandors. <laughs> <laughs> just keep on up over there. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Barnabas, Barnabas returns to the house. He commands commands Magda to go to Rachel and tell her to stay in her room okay. and see no one. Okay. She's like, why should I go? He's like, because I told you to. Get at it. Yeah, these are the rules. Here's the Magda a- Carta. <laughs> oh. Pandemic just made us better. <laughs> so much better. Barnabas questions Sandor on his zombie knowledge. Okay. Because, you know, we all have a little bit of zombie knowledge in us. Sure, sure. He's looking for a way to break Angelique's control over Quentin. All right. Sandor says the only thing that he knows about zombies, uh, oop, let me turn the page here. The only thing he knows about zombies is that they crave the grave. That's a well-known, <laughs> that's a well-known, you know, you remember those commercials? Yeah. Crave the grave. Yeah, after you uh, do the do, yeah, crave, you crave the, grave. the grave. If you do too much do, you'll crave the grave. Um, they want to return to their coffin. Okay. That's zombies. Like, they're forced to walk the earth, but they don't want to. They really want to be, like, dead. They want to rest. Remember earlier I was saying, remember earlier I was talking about how like when you're doing stuff, you just want to lie down. Yeah. No, zombies are no different. They're just like us. So where? Don't other zombies, Ian. All right. So just just out of curiosity. Sure. Uh, So um, what year did this uh, episode come out? Probably 69, maybe 68, 69. Okay. So Night of the Living Dead has come out by this point. So when they're thinking zombies, are they thinking... Uh, bite you zombies, or are they thinking no, old-timey, I think they're thinking, soul in a jar zombies? I walked with, I walked with a zombie kind of I stuff. like the zombie, that yeah, kind of the, zombie. The Vel, okay. Not Val Kilmer, Val Luton movie. Yeah, yeah like, that's, more, that's more, more It's not, we're thinking a different uh, zombie situation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the Night yeah. of the Living Dead was the one that, like, cranked the zombies up to, oh, geez, they're going to tear you apart. This is awful. Yeah. Whereas the other zombies would just very slowly push you yeah give you a good pushing or maybe choke you maybe if like <laughs> they were given uh instructions on what to do yeah i don't think i don't think that these screen screenwriters or scriptwriters were too tuned into like the midnight movie scene right they probably wouldn't have seen uh that that movie yeah at this point so uh now quentin has brought rachel to the graveside mm-hmm. and uh and he's, she's like struggling and he's got his hand over her mouth and she's, she wants to scream and he doesn't want her to scream. And then she faints again. Okay. Meanwhile, Barnabas has gone down into the cellar with 
with Sandor. And he, he, I wrote, he emotes over his coffin. It's some sort of monologue being what he's like, my prison, he says about the coffin. You know, like, I'm forced to be in here, which is true. It is kind of a prison. He, you know, even though he lives forever, he is like trapped for a large part of the day inside a box. Sure. You know, like, unlike us, we can choose to not, you know, go do we a don't, podcast. We, we don't have to come to this small, we don't have to go, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to do this. If we don't want to, um, you know, or we, we don't have to sleep if we don't want to. We don't, have to, you know, we have like choice. He has okay. no choice. He has to go into his, his coffin. All right. Uh, Sandor suggests that Angelique may send Quentin with a stake while he sleeps. Oh. But Barnabas is not worried because he knows that Angelique's goal is to drive him into her arms, not to destroy him. Okay, that all makes sense. Uh, Magda returns to report that Rachel is missing from Collinwood. Ooh. Uh, she learns that Quentin is now a zombie, which she is not happy to hear. Uh, over Magda's objections, Barnabas sends Sandor to the cemetery to find Rachel. Uh, but then the cock crows and Barnabas must enter his coffin. Okay. Back at the cemetery, uh, Quentin, zombie Quentin, puts a struggling Rachel into his coffin. And she faints again, so she's out unconscious. But Sandor is watching from the bushes. Uh, he pulls a knife, which seems kind of a weird thing to mm. do because it's a zombie. Yeah. There's not much you can do about that. Um, yeah, how would you kill a zombie like this? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. I mean, I not to be gross. Yeah. But I uh, break his knees. Just break his knees and like can't. Well, he's still alive though. He can crawl around as we yeah, saw. He could crawl around a bit. But, you know, you don't get you have to do some him. sort of brain injury to them, which I don't understand. Oh, I that's, mean, that's that's modern that's zombie. modern zombies though. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, look, you cut. I mean, you cut their head off. I would assume some. Uh, maybe not. I don't know how you <laughs> how you kill an old timey zombie. I think it's you break their jar. It used to be like they had their soul in the jar, and you break their jar, and then like now it's free and it yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is more like what's happening here. Uh, but I'm not sure. Though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he pulls a knife. Um, and as Quentin climbs out of the grave, and everyone, I have to put down my 250-page notebook that is full of... Oh, my gosh. Full of Dark Shadows notes. And go to my second book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and open this one. Already already started. Okay. That one looks uh, thinner than this one. No, it's a 250-page one. Is this one? This one's been open and closed many times. Okay. This one's brand new, so it's... Uh, All right. It's that one just looks like it's fat with notes. Wow. Okay. Same. All right. I got them from the same dollar store. Okay. Although it's $1.50. That lying store. Ah. Um. So, yeah, as uh, Quentin crawls out of the grave, Sandor confronts him. And uh, as he struggles with zombie Quentin, he calls to Rachel, telling her to run. She wakes up and escapes the grave, running away from the cemetery. Quentin knocks Sandor unconscious, and then we cut to Magda, nervously pacing outside the old house. A breathless Maggie, I mean, uh, Rachel, arrives. I wrote right Maggie, and I realized, oh, that's it's Rachel, not Maggie, although it's played by Maggie, the actress who plays Maggie. It's Rachel. Magda is concerned about Sandor, but Rachel is too frightened to be helpful. Inside the house, she and Magda get into an argument, as Magda is forced to lie about Barnabas going to Bangor, uh, which reminded me that all this stuff is happening in daylight, which was weird. Like when you think of zombie scenes and right. all this kind of stuff, this is all in daytime. Uh, yeah, so she, she's like, oh. And then there's the joke about Hardly Newer. What's that story? That's the joke about Hardly Newer. Hardly Newer? Yeah. What's Bangor. that? Hardly Newer. It's okay. What's the joke? <laughs> What's the joke? What's the joke here? Oh, ba- Banger. He hardly knew her. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. The way you said it, it sounded like you're saying Hardly Newer. I was okay. like, who's Harley Newer? Sure. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, I can't endorse my own joke. I'm not proud of any of this. Once again, I have a head wound. <laughs> not anymore. I don't think you can use that excuse. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's your head. 
Um. <laughs> so yeah, like so. Magnus like he's gone to Bangor, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> if there's time, and then <laughs> if there's time, <laughs> and then Rachel says Bangor. He hardly knew her. <laughs> and then Magda says, "Why really got to do Bangor? Why? Really knew or <laughs> why, where, where, why would you? Why would you make that joke now? This is a this is a vampire move, a soap opera. She's like, oh, all bets are off by this point. It's from Carry On Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dracula loves Carrion. They." <laughs> Uh, are interrupted by the arrival of San, uh, the entrance of Sandor. Okay. He comes, and uh, Magda is so proud of him for fighting off the zombie and getting back in. And she's and uh, Rachel is grateful, but he's hurt his arm. Okay. He says he asked Magda to bring him some water, some hot water to soothe his arm. And Magda says, "No, I have to nurse you. It's better if you had been. Fin- if it's better if he had finished you." <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, she's so, sort of a crab, oh, good, so good, it's sort okay. of like a little bit of good natured, uh, you know, back and forth with those two. Uh, Rachel's worldview is shaken by the reality that the dead walk. You know, she says, I lived in a world where these things didn't exist. Ghosts didn't exist. No, people didn't talk about these sort of things. Now we live in a world where there's like a dead guy walking around in a cemetery. Times they are changing. I guess we kind of have a a, a quick... This is the morning. It's not that far since... Not that long since the cock was crowing. But suddenly, Magda's lighting candles. Night is falling. Right. Sandor and Magda... Oops, gotta turn the page. Here. By the way... There were yeah. ghosts before. She just didn't know about them. She just didn't know about them. That's right. That's the thing. It's not. Yeah. The world hasn't changed. No. She's just more aware of the world around that's her. That's right. And if you want to talk symbolism, mm-hmm. that's something you could uh, focus on. Just sure. Like, hey, sure. There's all these people suffering nowadays. No, you just know about it. Now. Yeah, yeah. You're just aware. Sure. That there's ghosts and vampires and zombies. Yeah. Always yeah. has been. Always, always will be. Always will be. She's never been to Martinique. That's right. <laughs> there's walking around the streets. Yeah, I've been to Martinique, well, not in but Smith. I've never been to me. You've been to Martinique, <laughs> but you've never been to me? <laughs> so, let me carry on. Let me get through this. Well, vampires like carrion, apparently. <laughs> which isn't true. They don't like carrion. <laughs> Made you laugh, though. Yeah, that was good. It was, in, it was not accurate. That's, no. more, that's more a ghoul situation. <laughs> we should have said that ghouls like Karen. Anyway, Magda and Sandor go to the window and they see Zombie Quentin walking towards okay. the old house. They fear he is coming for Barnabas. They lock the door. They lock the front doors, but Quentin easily breaks breaks them open, and he he also easily knocks Sandor out again, <laughs> or at least to the ground, and opens the door to the basement. Once he goes inside, Magda locks the door and then refuses to give the key to Sandor. Oh no. She runs away outside, pursued by him, because he is the blood slave to Barnabas, so he has has to protect him. It's yeah. his, 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 his inst- instinct, but uh, she is not help, not so helpful. Yeah. Downstairs, Barnabas's coffin creaks open, and Barnabas. Well, they don't show this, but Barnabas climbs out. Okay. They never show him getting out of the well, coffin. You don't want to. You no don't one want wants to see that some old guy clambering uh, over oh, the back coffin on a table. Yeah, that's why. That's why Dracula like just. Like yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. floats up. Yes, that's much, it's, much better. You, you, no one gets out of a coffin with dignity. Yeah. So what they do is they show Barnabas's coffin creaking open, and then they cut to Quentin sitting in a chair beside the coffin. Okay. Just sitting there with his eyes wide. Yep. Sitting shiver. <laughs> sitting shiver. And then uh, it was it was a very funny face. Just I don't know if it plays well. No, it doesn't play. No, it doesn't play at all. No, no. I just it's just I just trying to show you. 
Uh, sorry, everyone, you can't. You. So I do you can't see. It. I'll, I'll do a screen cap of it and I'll show it. Thank you. Um, so he, uh, what? No, look at me, look at me expectantly. Okay, I'm I thought you had a. Yeah. They had a gag. No, no gags. So yeah, so then, so that that, that little cut to Quentin allows time for Barnab- Barnabas to like p- appear beside the coffin. He's obviously not in it. He yeah. just, you know, they close the lid. He's there. There he is. Ah, I'm there. Oh, Quentin's here. Oh. But he's not. He's sort of surprised, but he's not scared. Hmm. He's just concerned. He's like, Quentin, huh? Are you okay? He didn't say okay, but that's what his voice sounds like, right? Like, yeah. In the stage directions, it goes mildly surprised. Mildly, mildly surprised. And then uh, Sandor comes down. He's got the key for Magda. Barnabas says that Quentin has been sent by Angelique to show her power. Okay. He tells Sandor to go to the attic and retrieve a bundle of letters that he put. He stored in the trunk there. These letters were addressed by him to Jeremiah. These were mail that he sent to Jeremiah. And it's, they're stored in a trunk in the attic. So, And, uh, of course, hilariously asks, he asks Sandor, did you see the trunk in the attic? And Sandor says, we didn't steal anything from it. Oh, all right. oh, I get it. Because yeah. they're a couple of rascals. Anyway, uh, soon Barnabas has the letters. And he's reading through. And uh, he finds what he's looking for. The instructions to a ritual. Ooh. He has Sandor arrange three chairs around Quentin. Uh, Magda is thrilled that he'll be performing black magic. She's like, oh, you're going to perform some black magic, are you? And he's like, no, this is more like white magic. And he's like, oh, that's not fun. And what's the difference? What's that? What's the difference between black magic and white magic? Uh, you wear a white sheet with a peaked white hat for oh, the white magic. Whoa, yeah. What? No, you don't? Oh, well, maybe I'm a bit mixed up. I, <laughs> that's what I. Maybe you just drive a truck oh. convoy to Ottawa. It is a ritual he saw performed in Martinique. Okay. Uh, so he knows that Quentin's spirit is inhabiting Jameson. I don't know how he knows that, because I don't think he was in the room, but maybe he was. I can start to remember now. The ceremony will cause Quentin's spirit to leave Jameson and re-inhabit Quentin's body. And then when that happens, Quentin will then go to the grave, willingly go Which to the grave. Which is where he wants to go. Which is where he wants to go, yes. They crave the grave. They crave, <laughs> crave the grave. That's, uh, don't you love those commercials? Yeah. So good. Barnabas performs a ritual. It seems to be working. But Angelique's power begins to, to come through. So, so Quentin is like, I'm trying. You know, he's like, Brian was like, you know, he's, it's not really like, he's not doing anything really. He's just like reciting something, but whatever. Uh, but, but, uh, Quentin's trying, but he can't seem to break through the power of, of Angelique. And then suddenly he gets up and starts to leave. They try to stop him, but he's too strong and he just knocks everyone aside. But Barnabas prepares to follow him. He instructs Magda and Sandor to take care of Rachel at the cemetery. Quentin lies on the ground, reaching towards his grave. That's where we'll stop. Next episode is 725, everyone. So just so you know that we stopped at 724. Mr. Sanderman, (laughs) give me a key. Ding, 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 ding. Help me and me. Sometimes be free. Bum, 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 bum. I know, isn't it crazy? Look at this book, this full... That's so full. <laughs> no, it's for the stupid... That's amazing. It's so silly. Well done, you. So silly. Well done, you, silly. and the effort what? that you've been putting into this. My life. And I'm, I'm, I'm using my, my time to just make silly little puns. I'm not respecting <laughs> it. Shame on me. Shame that's, on me. It's the perfect, perfect response to this nonsense. Very good. Uh, speaking of nonsense, mm-hmm. last week... Well, we didn't talk nonsense we talked serious issues uh we were talking about whether or not it's better to keep your silence while uh someone is doing a soap opera update 
or whether you should just goof it. It was like whether you should uh, keep your silence uh, or say something, even if you're not sure it's the right thing to say. Okay. Also, uh, do you and your significant other have a big difference or disagreement uh, that you just live with and just let it build up, build up that resentment over time like a little snowball just rolling down a hill? Rolling down a hill. Then it crushes you both. <laughs> you're buried under the snow. Do you have that? Tell us about it. Here we go. Louise. Oh, always nice. Uh, to hear from Louise. Yes. Louise writes, uh, because she was uh, updating us on, on things. We're, you know, wishing her all the best. Mm-hmm. And now she says, I'm better now and back to posting long posts. That's good. Excellent. Once again, Louise is a Gemini award-winning writer. Mm-hmm. Is a writer for one of the most successful TV series currently on the air. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot better things to do with her time, and yeah. she joins us here, and yeah. we appreciate it. Her- I would like to ask her. They did a parody of uh, one of the things that you work on yeah. on uh, Saturday Night Live this week. What'd you think of it? Let's know. Yeah, it's sad that her life was on pause for a while there. I get it. Anyway, go on. Nice. Well done. Thank you. Um, Resident Ava, jeez, Res- I, I couldn't get the second word out. Resident Alien is uh, my current favorite BC shot series. I love the dark squid out of water comedy. Uh, I especially like the hostile and inappropriate conversations that Alan uh, Tudnik, 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 his uh, character has with the two kids. Uh, the boy who can see is an alien and his spunky friend. <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, she's a girl who just happens to wear a hijab. Uh, the town is full of characters who feel alienated in one way or another. Uh, I get it. Mm. Uh, the how-to diagrams at the start of each episode are fun. They're like airline safety card illustrations that show aliens the right way and the wrong way to behave like a human. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice little detail. Cool. She's not mentioning that we uh, know someone who's in it. We we know someone who's in it. Both you and Louise? I think I think Louise knows her. Okay. Yeah, I'd be surprised if she didn't. Well, you already you already name dropped. She doesn't need to. Speaking of Alan, uh, one really silly thing my significant other disagreed uh, with me about was the TV series Firefly. Okay. Because he was in that. Uh, I liked it. He hated the Western in space aspect of it, especially the dialogue. Hmm. He said, that's not how cowboys... I'll I'll do his voice. Sure. That's not how cowboys talk. (laughs) I'm from Alberta, and I know how cowboys talk. Sure. I don't know. Our significant other was Mater. Yeah. Okay. You know, he was, uh, he was at uh, my wedding. You guys were both the best men. That's true. Uh, well, who's to say how science fiction Westerners would talk in the future when traveling in space? Maybe he just hated that I like Nathan Fillion, another improviser from Alberta who presumably <laughs> knows how cowboys talk, too. He certainly, certainly does. Um, I had the same reaction to The King's Man as Ian. I found the Rasputin scenes gross, uh, but that was a great dance fight. I liked how the story was moved along by the events of the earliest 20, early 20th century that we studied in history class. Uh, and Twisty Horn Sheep. After the movie, I wanted to know more about Lord Kitchener's involvement in the Boer War and found out uh, during his command, the British uh, torched Boer farms and put women and children in concentration camps. His name is on a lot of streets and schools in Canada, and I wonder mm-hmm. if it's time to pull down those signs as activists recently did with the Gassy Jack statue in Vancouver. Could be. Yeah. Could be. That was, I think the first use of concentration camps was during the Boer War. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, uh, when Fox, uh, what that would be the movie studio we're talking about. Fox, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Not the uh, porno theater that was in town. Not the porno theater that was in town. And nor, not nor Michael the, J. Fox. Uh, nor, the, nor the Canadian actor who was also once in town. Right. 
or um, an actual fox. <laughs> yes, Basil Brush. Boom, boom. When <laughs> Fox was a client of mine, I worked on the first two Kingsman films, and they were great fun to work on given that we were supplied with all sorts of wonderful digital art. Mm. I wish it had a way, I had a way of sharing it here. Oh, hmm. Uh, find a way. However, uh, this last one. <laughs> Maybe there's should... some, uh, you know, NDAs. Oh, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, however, this last one threw me for a loop. I had to stop it and uh, look and see if it was directed by the same guy. Yeah. Sure enough, Matthew Vaughn. Uh, the part where Rasputin was licking Ralph Fine's leg uh, kind of freaked me out, but I'm in agreement that the dance fight was awesome. Rasputin looked like Alan Moore, even though I knew he was the same actor who was the lizard in Spider-Man. Uh, Riss Ifans? Reese Reese Ifans. Reese Ifans. Yes. Uh, the better know one as um, Hugh, Hugh Grant's friend in Notting Hill. Ah, there you his go. His roommate, yes. Yep. Uh, the historical basis of the story was kind of interesting, but it was a huge departure from the tone of the first two. And like Louise above, I was inclined to look some of this stuff up. And I have a kind word to say about Dean Kane. Oh. There we go. Okay. All right. I helped my son cosplay as Clark Kent years ago. Sure. Made him a Daily Planet press pass and loaned him a tie so he could meet Kane in character. Huh. Kane uh, gave nothing but praise for my son's Clark Kent costume and signed a photo as well as posed with him. He was really good with his fans, especially the young kids. I'm not sure what he's like outside of his self-promotion of Superman, but he was exceptionally kind to everyone when we saw him years ago. I also had the pleasure of meeting Tom Welling a few years ago, who was also very good with his fans and very kind. I didn't expect him to be so big. Shaking hands with him was like grabbing a bunch of bananas. <laughs> nice. Don't no. blame it on the cane. Cane, baby. Yeah, uh, no, he was uh, very nice uh, for, for a very, very long period of time, and then... He found Twitter and, uh, like Kevin Sorbo, oh, oh boy, that's too bad. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, nice to the fans, that's good. Yeah, he was a, a regular on Supergirl with Shot in Town. Mm. Yeah, and then he said some stuff, and then he got killed on Supergirl. Uh, I have to weigh, weigh it out when it comes to speaking my mind or not, since I've uh, handled it well uh, either way. In the, I've handled it well either way in the past. It depends on the situation and outcome. What I have done more of is think about what the outcome may lead to before I offer anything verbally. Uh, I think of the workplace most when it comes to these situations. Being a creative is not is at best highly subjective, which lends itself to many solutions, whether they're right or not. So I think first, before I decide if it's a hill I'm prepared to die on, <laughs> and in most cases, wait to be asked my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot That's... of hills that I am dead on. <laughs> uh, I've taken a road you two haven't and hopefully never will, finding Spouse 2.0. Uh, when the first marriage declined, it gave way to finding someone that has qualities the first marriage lacked. It provides you with a chance of matrimonial improvement. Uh, Susan and I have learned to pick our battles based on uh, those we both had with our first marriages. Issues that aren't worth fighting about, uh, like they were uh, with the first spouse. As far as interests, we have enough in common to share uh, with each other instead of competing over it. I remember Susan's way of telling me gently she wasn't interested in something I was. Do you like the Beatles? I'd asked her. Uh, politely, she'd say, I don't dislike them, <laughs> which is her way of telling me she was open to knowing more about them. 
I'm six years older than Susan, so we grew up liking uh, different stuff generationally. Oh, you both have two different Batmans. <laughs> uh, so we spent the last 14 years bridging that gap by sharing what we enjoy with one another. So there's been uh, no big rift in any disagreement except for a few bumps that were worked out long ago. To be fair, Susan was experiencing some mental and anxiety issues, so mm. I had to learn how and when to react to her, which circles back to the first question above. We did speak openly uh, as well as with a therapist, which gave us the chance to put it behind us and not just bury it the way we had with our first marriages. Mm. Well, that's good. Uh, I dialed up some Herb Alpert on Apple Music and I had to laugh. Uh, David uh, could have picked his five songs about food from a single album of Alberts. Alberts, Whipped Cream and Other Delights has 12 songs, and they're almost all titled after food. <laughs> Whipped Cream, Peanuts, Green Peppers, Tangerine, and A Taste of Honey round out five songs without even leaving the album. Hmm. That'd be interesting, making a, like a, a, a dinner that was focused on uh, just foods from that uh, album. Uh, lastly... What is it about Eye in the Sky that reminded you of me uh, for the dedication? I'm flattered, of course, and I remembered the same kinds of 1982 visuals Ian did when he heard it. Great blast from the past. Why did Edward Dragansky remind you? Well, of I guess I, I I must have, Eye in the Sky. I must have got mixed up. I thought that Ed had uh, written to in the listening party days and had had uh, extolled the Ellen Parsons project. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I. Uh, Maybe I got it mixed up with someone else. If so, I apologize, Ed. I apologize. What do I know? I know he's very disappointed in me shaking shaking his head at me like, oh, Dave. No. Now you've done it. Uh, don't forget to spring forward this weekend. Everyone else listening, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> don't do whatever you want. If you have a job. Yeah. Some people are lucky. They don't have to uh, punch the clock. And now, who, uh, yeah. Trying to think, like, who did the album Punch the Clock? And Elvis album? Costello. That's nice. Sometimes you punch the clock, sometimes you reach the beach. <laughs> the fix. Yep. Uh, we have a celebrity. I've uh, seen them both. You have? Nice. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, we have a celebrity uh, letter coming in next. This is the co-host of Horse Mysteries. Oh. Which I think is up to episode four. Episode four was uh, dropped today. And what was the I speak on title, Thursday. do you remember? It is If Looks Could Kill. Oh. Oh. You clip, clop, you clip it to the limit, you clip, clip, clop, and you don't stop. And that is Lisa, uh, who is the co-host on that. And she writes to us, I haven't had a chance to listen to this week's episode yet, as my phone is taking me on a mysterious and unsolicited uh, version of John's Backwards Sneaky Dragon Project. (laughs) We're currently uh, enjoying the July heat and hightailing it towards June. (laughs) That doesn't sound bad. Watch out for the pandemic. It gets bad soon. Yeah. Uh, however, I will respond to the question of the week. Number two only. I prefer to stay married, so won't delve into number one. Good call. Uh, anyway, without any context, my immediate thought about question two is to not say anything. But on reflection, that was a response, assuming it was a situation of conflict, which I prefer to avoid. However, I think it was a situation where there was no conflict between the two I think if there was a situation where there was no conflict between the two parties, perhaps one party was sad or upset about something, acknowledging that thing is preferred just as a show of solidarity. I'm I'm with you. I'm here for you. That sort of thing. Okay. And finally, on the web uh, question uh, site, Chris Roberts writes, I don't know what made me laugh harder this week, your Bob Dylan voices <laughs> or Dave suggesting that the CK in uh, PAC stood for carnal knowledge. <laughs> Classic dragon moments, both. 
<laughs> I was just talking huh. big gym. I remember that was when we were funny. I remember those days. Yeah, last was, week. I was thinking about we Bob took Dylan's those times for granted. I think about, about Bob Dylan's voice after because uh, it's sort of funny. We were doing like sixties Bob Dylan, which is the classic Bob Dylan. Because it doesn't really sound like that now. Like now he's got like his voice has kind of got a little higher, and it's like it's more like kind of like. Hey, yeah, I'm Bob Dylan here. Yeah, well, well, it's just kind of weird. Sure. It's changed a bit, you know. And it's, and then when he sings, he sounds like he's, he's like I've got a mouthful of gravel. It's, mm. But yeah, it's a different, uh, it's a different Bob Dylan now. But you know what? We're all different. Now, Dave, some people are different. Some people write on websites, they and some people email. That's true. You're right. You're right. People do do that, and I, I have a, a few emails to read. We got actually got a lot of emails this week. Oh, nice. So uh, the first one is from our, our friend from Down Under, Jonathan Bampton, who has uh, written in as, well, no subject, it says in brackets. I don't know if he put that in there or if that's just uh, a default setting on his email. But uh, he says, Dear Ian and Dave, Wonathan here, uh, of course, an amusing uh, reference to the fact that he has won twice, twice the draws for our uh, Sneaky Dragon uh, listeners questions episode, so... What a lucky guy. One of them here with a grab bag of comments as follows. Comment one. Really enjoyed the past few episodes. So very good to hear the both of you in the same room. Mm -hmm. And is it my imagination? Or does Ian really seem to be on mic these days as well? Why, thank you very much. (laughs) Not to say you weren't hilarious and kicking goals during the episodes where you were physically apart. Um, I mean, see, should I have stayed silent or said what I did uh, just now? Even though it was clumsily expressed, ah. it's let you know you're listened to, valued, and cherished. Aww. Thank you. We only took it in the best way. Yeah. Let's give him a big backhand, everybody. A big backhand. <laughs> <laughs> Comment to. I cannot protest too much. <laughs> Sounds so French. Comment to. Comment to. Comment to. Comment to. Comment to. Comment to. I guarantee this will be a good comment. Oh, we've gone to Louisiana there. I cannot protest too much. My winning of the Sneaky Dragon Prize twice in a row was totally legitimate and completely above board. I think it was a bit reach the beach in that it was fix. Oh, here is something she is brother ed's surname really dragansky oh that is interesting that is an obvious uh yeah that is an obvious clue that uh that that's a fake name or is it just nominative 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 determinism dictating his listening habits i'm yeah i'm starting to seriously doubt that gavin elegant leisures of is his real name over on jason's podcast Mm -hmm. by the way questions for ed ed you ready have to answer these next time. Okay. What is one thing people get wrong about Texas? What is one thing people get wrong about Texas? All and right. that all your exes live there. That's a problem. Kinky Friedman thought that anyway. Yeah. Have you ever been to Galveston? Is it worthy of a visit? I've been there, but it's never been to me. <laughs> nice reference to the song, which of course is what kind of gives Galveston its its reputation. Reputation is, you know, would we know what Phoenix was if it wasn't for by the time I get to yeah. Phoenix? Really? Anyway, Dave. I hope Ed doesn't really like Alan Parsons and you were just being wise. Well, apparently he doesn't. And then I was just being, uh, I don't know if wise is the word, but let's say the opposite of wise, which is S-E, the opposite of wise. S-E. Yeah, S-E. That's right. That song is, quote, five minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back, unquote. Do you think the comic that came up with the expression is in comedy jail now? 
five minutes of my life I'm never going to get back? Hmm. Do you think they would deserve to be in comedy jail for that? Yeah, for five minutes. <laughs> and then they should get life. <clears throat> the game of life. It's always a fine line with M.O.R. Balladry, isn't it? Check out Andrew Gold's Never Let Her Slip Away, a classic song that on paper has nothing that appeals to me, but somehow just really appeals. He sent a link. I have not watched it yet. Sorry. Okay. Back to a previous week's question. The first original album I bought was the self-titled President of the United States of America. Okay. We all remember Lump? Lump, yeah. yeah. To my mind, it still kicks. Give it a go. But then maybe it is my Ellen Parsons, dot, dot, dot. Comment three. Every time Ian reads out the comments and says, Louise writes, I think, wow, that's that would be a great fake or fictional name. And Louise beat me to it. Memento is a great murder mystery. Comment four. Crocodile Rock also rubs me the wrong way, Dave. <laughs> The song's partial inspiration, Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool, oh. is an Australian classic song, which I also never need to hear again. Well, I love that song, and it was actually on one of my mixtapes I made for listening parties. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. I never heard of it. It's a really good song. Okay. Comment five. Is Regis okay? And Mick Elliott, too. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard from them in a while. Or is it a case of you censoring them, Dave? Shame on you. All right, I'll stop doing that then. Back to the question of the week. What's better? Silence or saying something, even if you're not sure it's the right thing. I'd err on the side of saying something rather than remaining silent. The one in pain is already getting silence from you. If you don't call, don't visit, or don't write. And they have silence again when you leave. Saying something, however trite, is as much being there, quotation marks, as being there and not saying anything. P.S. Do you reckon it would be easier to impersonate Lauren Michaels for 24 hours straight or James Stewart? Hmm. Well, Lauren Michaels. I think it's a smoother, smoother voice. Ha, 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 have you have you met my friend, my friend Harvey? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> Possible yeah, question is very relaxing. Too, yeah, so yeah. I guess if you do, I don't think I, I don't think I know how to do a Lauren Michaels. Have you met my friend Paul Simon? <laughs> he really is his friend. He's uh, not as tall as Harvey. <laughs> Paul, do that song I like. No, not that one. <laughs> Well, get Lady Smith. I don't remember the full name of it. Get them. Lady Lady Smith Black Mombazo. Yes. (laughs) Put it on cue cards, then I'll know it next. Okay. Uh, Possible question of the week. Oh. We might make this our question of the week. All right. What's the funniest slash most striking celebrity name that is actually their birth name? Oh. So not Rock Hudson. Not Cary Grant, because those are not birth names. Those were names that were given to them. Right. Um, I, well, I mean, he's not a comedian, but uh, I'd go with Marion Michael Morrison. Who's that? That's John Wayne. But it would have to be the striking one that they use. That they actually use. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay. You're going to think about it? Yeah, I have. I'll take it under advisement. I will. Okay. All right. What is, okay, so the, the idea is like, who 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 is the funniest name? Most striking. striking, funniest or most striking, yes. Funniest or most striking that they just didn't bother to change. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to assume I like John Ham. John Ham, okay. Yeah, because it's very uh, strong, but it ends with ham. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I doubt he made that up. That doesn't sound like the <laughs> name you'd make up. No, it sounds like he just went with his real name. Yeah, John Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few like there's the actress um, Carrie Snodgrass. Okay. Which is a pretty funny name. And odd that you would not bother, like, especially, I mean, but that was the 70s, right? The 70s were, that you just let it all hang out. Snodgrass was your name. That's the name you used. Yeah. That's fine. That's cool. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is just fine. Yeah, there's another one, yeah. That's, that's a nice ride. Sure. You get to there. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Yeah. 
So that was from that was from uh, Wonathan, as he points out at the bottom again. Cannot let us forget it. Two-time winner. Thanks. <laughs> Our next is from Chris Roberts. Chris, Chris's uh, subject is a confession. Oh no. And a correction, which he has. Thank you, Chris. He has uh, uh, written incorrectly in honor of my Department of Corrections. Okay. On the website, when I need to make a correction, I always spell it wrong. Yeah. Chris says, "Hi, dragons." No, we're not. How dare you? <laughs> I'll start with the confession, fathers. All right. Dave, sometime after I sent you the theme for Horse Mysteries, excellent podcast, I realized with a shudder that the main melody bore a <coughs> passing resemblance <coughs> to the outro of Watching the Detectives. Oh. So can, can you imagine my nerves when I saw you chosen that track for this week's top five slash six? Oh, well, it's done now. And it's a fairly generic line that Mr. Costello probably ripped off that's been crossed out or composed in tribute to some earlier tune anyway and there my lord the defense rested its case well actually uh chris i noticed the passing resemblance when i first heard it but i just assumed it was sort of a tribute to it i know that you're not a huge casella fan but you know that i am and so then that was sort of like a kind of little thing there for a little taste for me but uh elvis casella would would say the same thing because someone accused Someone else of ripping off a song by him? I'm not okay. sure. Billy Eilish or someone. I can't remember exactly who. And he just said, he just said, we're all stealing from the same stew. Like we're all just borrowing from the same place that everyone else has drawn from over the years. And, you know, it's what, oh, it was someone who did a version, like they were saying that her song was like, um, pump it up. Okay. And he said, we all heard some, some Trinian homesick blues and want to do our version of it too. The same way that, Bob Dylan was inspired to do that by the music he listened to in the fifties, and that, right. you know, and so every, everyone is drawing from this well, you know, like uh, so. Yeah, not a no, no reason to confess or apologize, Chris. You're just part of that continuum. However, you are going to correct me, in which case you should be apologizing. For that. <laughs> no, this is a good correction because I, I was, I don't know how I got these two names mixed up on my mind, but I did. Now on to Department of Corrections. Sort of be that guy again, but Miss Odell. The George Harrison song I mentioned last week is not about Dennis O'Dell, although I did think that myself for a long time. The actual subject is Chris O'Dell, oh. a young American woman who worked at Apple and was part of the late 60s Beatles scene in London. Inevitably, she's recently published a book called Miss O'Dell, which is how I found out I'd been mistaken about that song for many years. Much more importantly, the nefarious business partner who embezzled millions from George was Dennis O'Brien. As far as I know... Dennis O'Dell, who died recently, sorry, who died relatively recently, was always one of the good guys and beloved by all who hung out at Slaggers. Up with Beetle Nerds and down with plagiarism. <laughs> Love always, Chris. Nice. Well, thank you for that correction, Chris. I, I will admit that I, I did conflate those two people for whatever reason. And uh, yes, I think Dennis O'Dell always remained in, in favor and was beloved by all who hung out in Slaggers, which is a reference to the club in the song, You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Uh, they, uh, Dennis O'Dell gets a name check in that song as well. Nice. All right. One, oops, sorry. One more email to read. And this one is, has the title questions of the week. This is John Helbrooks. John says, hello, gentlemen. I think that the word you were searching for to describe, sorry, searching for describing the Walker in the Mardi Gras parades, maybe flaneur. In the night parades, they carry torches and walk slash dance in front of the floats. Okay. One correction. You have the impression that I am in New Orleans, sorry, New Orleans, but I no longer live in there, but rather two hours to the east in Mobile. 
or is it mobile? 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 To which I moved. I've heard of mobile. Mobile? Okay. Yeah. Stuck inside a mobile with Memphis Blues again. That's right. That's that's how it's the Bob Dylan song from Blonde on Blonde. Uh, how would Bob Dylan say it? Stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis Blues again. Yeah, that sounds great. Listen, Paul, <laughs> get me a fudge. I can do get this. Me a I can't even do the voice for a minute. I'm not doing a good Lauren Michaels, but I am enjoying this, doing this. Paul, Paul Simon, get me a plate of fudge. <laughs> not too hot. I don't care where you get it from. Wow. Ask Art yeah. Garfunkel. Oh. He always carries fudge. I'm glad they're talking again. Uh, so, to, sorry. So he says he moved to Mobile from New Orleans to take his current job. Okay. The first thing that a native Mobilian, Mobilian will tell you <laughs> when you move here is that Mobile's Mardi Gras is older than New Orleans Mardi Gras, which is actually true. So the parades that I described as preparing to roll in my letter last week were actually mobile parades. Well, that's good. I'm glad they're not staying in the same place. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for the golf clap. I appreciate it. Uh, sorry, but I, sorry, we're actually mobile parades. But I did live on the parade route in New, uh, New Orleans for several years. <laughs> so I had my fill of it. Well, I guess. I guess you can only take so much of that sort of noise and nonsense. In other news, I think that Dave will be happy to hear that I'm teaching persuasion this week and that my students are really into it. Mm, I'm glad. You know, I was not a Jane, uh, Jane Austen fan until I read Sense and Sensibility in college as well. So oh. that's what uh, introduced me to I mean, I might have eventually wound, wound my way there because I do love Victorian literature or, or, or literature of that time period. Uh, so I might have found my way there, but definitely... Read a, first read it in that class. Actually, I first read Dickens in that class as well. Questions of the week. The two questions that you asked this week are actually related to me. As a repressed Anglo, I tend to keep silent, while my wife, who is an outgoing Dominican, tends to talk to fill silences. I'm not sure which is best. It probably depends on the circumstances, but it is a significant difference between us. Another perhaps more significant difference between us is that I prefer the Beatles. Yay! Well, she prefers the Stones. Boo! I know that, I know what you're thinking. How can you live with the person who is so wrong? I mean, the Stones are fine, but come on! Well, she's really cute and she makes an outstanding Dominican lasagna. Yes, that is a thing. Yeah. I really love the uh, Stones album, Dominican Lasagna. (laughs) They said it would never come out, but it did. (laughs) It did. Finally. Yes. I like that one, eh? Okay. Well, more than this, yeah. The sure. early songs in it, yeah. The song that ends it with Ian Boothby uh, stinks. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like that song, although it's a reference to the character from the uh, from Thor movie, Thor, Thor two. two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. understand. Yeah. I still don't like it. Yeah, but my wife like uh, sings it all the time. Okay. The album I prefer is uh, Dominican Goat's Head Soup. That's the uh, album I prefer. Right. Better album. Yeah. You know, my wife always is singing that, yeah. or she's singing like uh, that Mr. Roboto song. And I'm like, oh, this is so bothersome. But, you know, sticks and stones may break my thumb. <laughs> that would hurt me. Ooh. Finally, I promised last week. Come sail away. Come sail away from this bit. Go ahead. <laughs> Finally, I promised last week that I would answer your question Please. from episode 484 Please. as part of the Backwards Dragon Project. See, it was a question in that episode. Glad we didn't redo it. Good. What is your longest friendship and what do you think has made it last? Mm. I first met my friend Carlisle when I was eight, and he was ten in 1978. Our fathers were both new faculty members in a new town for both of us. So uh, was um, 
Carlyle named after the British historian, the Victorian historian who wrote The French Revolution. Let me know. When I was eight and he was 10 in 1978, our fathers were both new faculty members in a new town for both of us, and we became instant best friends. The reason that Sneaky Dragon reminds me of this friendship is that it seems that we have been having one continuous conversation for the last four decades, and we simply pick up where we left off each time we talk, even if we go months without getting a chance to talk. We never lost touch, but we didn't see each other for a number of years when we lived far from each other, and we both went through some difficult times. Then, in 2016, my father moved to a town near Asheville, North Carolina, which is where Carlisle now lives. Mm. So now we get to see each other regularly. The first time, I, first time I saw him again in 2016, after many years, I had just discovered Sneaky Dragon through Completely Beatles, and it immediately struck me how our conversational dynamic was like what you have on Sneaky Dragon. While we are not as funny, oh, well, let us be the judge of that, John, and our topics differ, we have that sense of ease and freedom which, with each other, and we never run out of things to talk about. Aww. Those kinds of friendships are rare and must be treasured. They are a large part of what makes life worth living. Thanks, Ian and Dave, for reminding us of this each week. All the best, John. Well, that's very, very sweet. That's very nice, John. Thank you very much. And thank you for sending your wonderful emails each week. I do appreciate them. And I even know that you're very busy, and yet you still find time to write. I appreciate that. And Chris, thank you for your confession and your uh, correction. And Jonathan, thank you for your many comments i appreciate that ian if folks wanted to get in touch with us to answer the questions that we're going to ask for this week were we going to steal jonathan's question yeah that's a good one i would also uh, throw in i was thinking like uh uh, what is a yeah which one which which one are we going with with the the question uh what about the name uh, celebrity names okay either funny or striking yeah i also like this longest friendship thing we already did that one. Oh well, hell with it then. <laughs> then, I got, then I'm going to go with this one, which is uh, who is a fictional character? Yeah. Uh, that you really related to? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. For me, probably uh, Peter Parker when I was like a kid. I like Peter Parker. Okay. So, you know, yeah. I was yeah. Having a rough time. Sure. And I was having a rough time. I was like, I relate to this guy. And mm. Again, I would say like uh, Clark Kent. Uh, Superman pretended to be a nerd. Uh, but Spider-Man was a nerd. Hmm. Yeah. I can't, I, it's interesting because I don't feel like I related to that many characters that I liked. Because what I liked about them was that they were different than me. Okay. And maybe were aspirational, but not necessarily that I could relate to. Very good. Well, you don't You don't need to answer it. No, I'm not going to answer it. Yeah. I also related to uh, my autobiographical character, Ian Boothby. I will say that I was, I was most like, at least in terms of name, uh, the great brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I like the great brain a lot as well. Yeah. Okay, so here's what you do. You go to SneakyDragon.com, and you can uh, put your uh, comments there underneath any episode you want. Probably the one that is the one we're talking about makes most sense, but it's your call. Uh, There's a message board area there. Just put it there. Boom. Done. (laughs) Then I'll read it out loud in my voice. I've had some training. Not a lot. Enough. Expensive amount. I've trained a lot. Please let me read. <laughs> I it's think I've only... proven that I, I don't have any uh, experience. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is you start every sentence with, da. That's the problem. And then end it with, okay, boss. Yeah. And I'm like, well. <laughs> then I start talking about the, the uh, I want to, I want to, what does it say? I want to The rabbit? rabbits. Yeah. I want a rabbit. I have to hold it and, and pet it and come. Yeah. yeah. Hug it and squeeze it. Yeah. 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 And call it George. 
Call it George. Uh, so that's one way of going about it. The other thing you can do is yeah. you can go to Facebook where, hey, we got Sneaky uh, Dragon uh, page. And no one ever posts there. But if you want to, you could. People like things there, but they don't post there. Well, I'll tell you something I did post there this week. Oh, that's correct. Kanan Grawl wrote in to let us know mm-hmm. that the fantastic show on Amazon Prime, Upload, is starting season two there on you go. Friday. And, that is tomorrow uh, for us, yesterday for you. Right. And uh, our friend uh, Louise uh, also knows a person on that. It's the same person who's on Resident Alien. So there. Maybe she's on the second season, not Louise. Louise is busy writing a hit show. But the person we're now, maybe maybe she's on the second season. Maybe she's not. We don't know. We'll see. Um, so you can go there, or you can go to uh, Twitter, uh, sneaky underscore dragon. We're there. And we're also on Tumblr, uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Or you can uh, use email, which is becoming so popular nowadays. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd yeah. at sneakydragon.com. And then if we like your letter, we're going to turn it into an NFT and uh, make a lot of money off it. Yeah, we don't know how that all works. <laughs> no, I don't think many people. I got offered. I got offered an NFT job uh, two weeks ago, which was annoying because it was like, "Oh, this seems like a, a good job," and I was looking forward to it. And then went, "Okay, so and this uh, is partially like an NFT thing," and I was like, "Well, nope." Then I'm done. <laughs> really? You yeah. Is that against them? Yeah, I can't ethically. This seemed like a scam to me. Well, that's that, but Pyramid also it's scheme, just so scam. it's so environmentally bad that I'm just like, Ugh, well, no. that whole the whole blockchain thing is environmentally. It's bad. a rough. Well, let's face it, the whole computer thing is kind of environmentally bad. So yeah, this specifically really, though yeah. is just, really, yeah. Yeah. and yes, it is. Uh, again, it was interesting hearing. Uh, I think it was like the guy who uh, run a uh, founder of Valve. I think was talking about how like all the game aspects of of the of these things it's like uh oh they don't know what they're talking about they're they're coming to morgan we're doing this new thing we did that 10 years ago brand new thing that yeah. we're gonna no 10 years ago we did it it's been done yeah it's, uh, i don't think they care about that they just want no. they just want stuff that they can put out there to you want to convince someone who yeah. has some loose money to put some things into some stuff yeah and yeah it reminds me of when again again uh here's oldie olson uh talking uh, but when there was the dot-com boom and i knew people that would just regularly go to investors and it was like there's people with money yeah and if you can convince them in a meeting that you've got something that's new that's shiny they will throw money at it yeah and there's always people that will throw money at it so that seems to be what this is <laughs> yeah and it's like no i just want to do things and I, i'm not objecting to whatever's new i'm fine with things that are new but uh, this does have like scam <laughs> written all over it <laughs> It's a problem. There's a very good video called The Line Goes Up by a YouTuber named Dan Olson, who has a channel called Folding Ideas. Yeah. It's quite a long video. It's about two hours long, but it goes into the whole blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or it's called, all, all of that stuff goes into NFTs. It talks about the, the 2008 uh, boom and bust. It goes into all like well, how that happened and... And then what the result of that was economically and how it is really quite interesting. interesting. It's a very good video. There's um, two, two other things I just want to quickly bring up. One, uh, looks like we got like two. Maybe I'll put it on the website. What's that? I think maybe I'll post it on the website. That'd be, that'd be good. Uh, I will listen to it as a podcast. I probably won't uh, look at it. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. Um, uh, the Sparks um, Future Perfect uh, on Goodreads apparently has had two people uh, see it and reviewed it. 
Oh. And so uh, they've both given five-star reviews. Oh, it, nice. So that's nice. These are normal humans, human <laughs> beings. Well, they're librarians. I don't know if that counts as normal oh, humans. Oh, yeah. Ha, <laughs> Crystal. Oh, jeez. I, I don't want to. Uh, they're great. We're not putting down librarians by any means. I just got some sweet library money. Um, Let's choose. Again, Dave's getting a burger out of this. I'm getting a burger out of this. So uh, but yeah, we got two reviews. Both were five stars, so that was nice. Thank you kindly. If you do Goodreads, uh, we appreciate reviews on there. We appreciate reviews for this podcast, too. I'm just saying <laughs> on Apple if you feel like it. But uh, if you are uh, one of those people that buys our books, uh, any reviews on Goodreads really help us out. So thank you for that. Or Amazon or wherever you want to do that. Um, cool. Also, uh, did the first um, critical hit show uh, in two years yesterday. And oh, uh, yeah. our friend Nina Matsumoto showed up, which nice. was fantastic. I wanted to come down so much, but I, I had to edit the show in and do some stuff. Understood. So she, she got these glow sticks and she was like uh, Gloverine at the end. She had all these glowing <laughs> claws. It's very, very cool. She came on stage? She did not. We oh. were not bringing people on stage for safety oh, okay, reasons. Okay. But she was in the audience safely. But we did do some stuff with glow sticks. Yeah. And then she gathered the glow sticks afterwards and claimed uh, uh, them. Around, okay. 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 Which is great. And cool. she she took some nice pictures as well. To yeah. Put on. Um. But I was huh. like thinking, I wonder how I'm going to feel about this going back. And I was a little nervous, and I was like, yes. and the, Nina was asking me like online, like, oh, how you feeling? Like, oh. And then I walked in, and they were showing. Uh, still pictures of the of the of past uh, episodes. Yeah, and they were playing just some nice music underneath. And I come in and I just choked the hell up. Yeah, and I just was like, <laughs> okay, okay, all right. And uh, and it was weird because it felt like we had not done it for so long, but also we had not missed a day. Yeah, as well, it was that feeling as well. That's good. And so, yeah, we did a, an odd thing where the first act was just us at the bar. <laughs> we stayed in the bar the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And then the second act was just crazy banana stuff. Yeah. You know, just it's usual fun. Yeah. Use the usual fun. Uh, we ended up being the enemies that we were fighting. So that was interesting. So I got to be killed. Uh, <laughs> I was one of the birthday butchers who was, uh, had birthday hats and cleavers and were going to kill their horses. <laughs> and uh, also got to uh, do a poetry slam as oh. well, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It was a lot of fun. Really nice house. Really good size house. Yeah. And everyone was on board and we were all jazzed and it, it felt very very nice so we're going to do it the last wednesday of the month i don't know if we're doing it at the end of this month because we've already done it once this month we yeah. don't know we're yeah. going to find out yeah uh but it'll be uh, last wednesday of the month for the foreseeable future oh, okay cool yeah at the real theater in vancouver if you get a chance to come by i will definitely try Woo! hopefully i'm still on the guest list <laughs> oh yeah you're on the guest list nina was on the guest list as well and That's the cool. uh, guy running things was like oh why did I, oh i want to put her on the guest list and i'm like I know she got her library money, so she's swimming in it. <laughs> she's swimming in She's swimming in those library fees, taking all the late fees from people and just living large. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, what, this little, this is one comment or one question as we, before we leave. Sure. What, did you, what do you think about the possible end of the mask mandate right now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Either. I thought it would come a bit later. I thought it would be more like a coming into summer decision. Yeah. Where people are more outside and Because we're less... going into spring break, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like an odd time to be doing this. Yeah, it but... also feels like people are on... Yeah, it's, it's one of these things where like, what will people do? What won't people do? Yeah, yeah. And there seems to be this real wave now of people who are like, I don't want to. I can't make me. I mean, I, I feel that way too. I mean, it's not that I don't want I mean, I don't want to. I do. Yeah. I do, but I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, I do uh, resent 
or not resent, but I dislike wearing a mask in the stores and I dislike, yeah. you know, so, but, I, but I do it because, you know, we're told to, we're told that it's health, healthier for us. Yeah. It just feels like, like a weird stopping place, like just sort of randomly stopping now. Like it doesn't feel like, are we ahead? Are we behind? It doesn't feel like the or hospitalizations have changed clear, that much. Yeah. Will there be a clear and now here? It's like, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's going to be one of those. Yeah. Uh, it's all going to be like vague I t- and a maybe. And I was told and- it was coming by someone who's, uh, wife is part of the CDC here in BC. Okay. And he he said this it's going to come sooner than later. They're going to be changing it from pandemic to endemic. And it's just going to be becoming something that we live with. Mm-hmm. And then we're just going to have to get used to that. Mm-hmm. I just thought, okay. But it just feels weird. Like, now? <laughs> like, this doesn't feel like we've, like, yeah. rounded a corner or anything. Like, before, in the past, it felt like, you know, like, around Christmas time, like, we've rounded a corner and then Omicron came, you know, and then... And it doesn't feel like we've rounded a corner yet. We're yeah, still... there were other corners before, and it's like, how many corners? Oh, it's a circle. That's, <laughs> a, that's an important thing. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe just people feel like they're on a, a, a Mobius strip, and they just need to like step out of this. And and uh, but nothing's stopping you from wearing. No, mask. and they they are still recommending it for doctors' offices and hospitals and stuff like that. It's still required in those yeah. places. So and I don't. You're know. not allowed to bring a truck into a doctor's office. Which I think is great. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Just like, uh, uh, I'm like, all right. Look, we're all waiting. We're all waiting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's a a whole big bag of I don't know. It's a whole big bag of I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I guess right now we're just getting like kind of hints at what's coming. So she'll be live talking about it soon, I imagine. Yeah. And so I think it's, is it tomorrow that things change? I don't know. I think it's tomorrow at okay. noon. Okay. That, uh, yeah. Which is like, again, just so fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, during daylight savings, uh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Can it happen a week after? Yeah, I guess we'll see. So uh, everyone still stay safe and stay careful. Yeah. Okay. Because we love you and we want you around. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you suffering more than people have to suffer. We're going to, you know, life. Look, there's going to be some yeah. problems. It's but let's just And let's just try and take care of each other. As well, we can. I take I take the bus a lot, and honestly, no one's wearing the mask above the, the nose now. It's just <laughs> first, forget it. Just like these are all people who wear condoms on their balls. It's just like, <laughs> just for God's sake, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wishing everybody the best. Wishing everybody the best, and we appreciate you spending your time with us uh, this week. We will be back next week with more of this nonsense. And so, uh, hope to uh, be here with you then. Thanks so much. I'm Ian. I'm David. All right. Stay well, everyone. Peace out.